Get us started with our housekeeping. Sure. Okay. Great. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, have a few house housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself uh, during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. Um, unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute or, uh, people or individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Um, and with that, I can turn it back over to you, Chair. Sounds good. Thank you, Jake. It's been a while since I've used Zoom, so I'm going to try to get back into it and make it look like I never stopped using Zoom. So this is our um, our our April Multimodal Transportation Commission meeting, starting with the study session. So I am currently out of town, as you can see, but I'm hoping to still have some semblance of, of uh, I guess, leading a meeting here. So I will do my best to keep everything going and still read people's body language and make sure I don't cut anybody off like classic Zoom style. But it looks like our study session topic for today is the 2023 work plan. Now, this is something that typically happens during the retreat, which has been deferred this year um, due to a number of factors. But I believe we discussed last time in March that our plan was to try to, you know, spend some time, hash out some ideas, see where we've been um, in 2022 and how that translated to accomplishing our last year. or the new direction if we decide that that's appropriate. Um, it is basically the but at the 2020 window. See if we can maybe snuff stuff or just see if we've addressed it or if it's even still relevant. And maybe Commissioner or Commissioner Kuzmiak, while we're doing that, we've got a new commissioner join us this evening. Um, commissioner Carter, maybe she'd like a moment to introduce herself. Hi. Good timing. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Uh, my name is Hillary Carter, and I'm uh, from Austin, Texas, originally. I previously served on the city's uh, bicycle advisory board there, and so have a background in. Um, uh, I'm an urban planner by training, and I uh, work for a consulting firm based out of Southern California, working on affordable housing policy, but I see affordable transportation and affordable housing is really tied together closely. So I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you. Hi. Thanks. <coughs> I'm glad to have you. Thanks for joining and look forward to, you know, uh, folding you in here. Yeah, me too. So I'm not sure if I'm going to see on this gallery of screens what is being shared. It's been a while since I've done Zoom for this stuff. We, we don't have anything shared currently. It's in, okay. the, it's in the attachment of the May 22 um, minutes, or not the minutes, but the, the agenda the packet. I was looking for, I found it this afternoon. I, the, the final approved version was in the May, the May meeting. Sorry, I think I heard, Pat, you said that we're looking for the May meeting of last year for the final approved 2022 work plan. Yeah, yeah, that's where I found it as, as one of the attachments in that packet. 
Okay. I will check that out then. There it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so there's only a couple of lines. I figured it might be helpful to maybe do a quick skim through this just to see what's in the work plan, just kind of how it's laid out in general. And then once we do that, maybe dive in a little bit deeper on some of these items to see if or how we've accomplished them. So, you know, it looks like we are leading off with the outcomes of what is the city strategic plan that I think was being developed either as we came up with this or very, pre, uh, you know, very quickly preceding this. So we tried to align with the city strategic plan. It's got those five outcomes that you see up there. Um, and then the table basically just goes through an objective that we all uh, agreed upon during the retreat, tasks that would actually help us get there, and how that would be covered in our normal meeting times, either as a study session or as an agenda item. And then finally tying it to one of those five outcomes or multiple, if that's the case. Um, can you scroll down to the second or third page, please? The second is just more of the same. And then third page is committee work. Okay. So at the time, we had a whole bunch of committees that we were trying to, um, I guess, develop and get people involved in to start tackling some of these more in detail. And then I think the final page is just more on the strategic plan. Yeah, so this is directly from the city strategic plan, just kind of explaining what what the outcomes are that the city as I guess a whole wants to see. So with that, any I guess general comments before we start diving into a bit of a line by line review of where we've been. And I probably won't be able to see your hand raised, so you can just start talking if that's easier. All right, it doesn't sound like it. All right, um, whoever's controlling the screen, can you please go back up to the first page? Okay. Who is controlling it, by the way, so I can... Okay, <laughs> okay, sounds good. So um, our first objective was to elevate inclusive community input and do transportation decision making. This was stuff like, um, I think, uh, geez, two or three years ago at this point, we had that your turn session where we had folks from neighborhood associations come in and kind of talk to us about stuff. And I think at the time this was meant to tie in with community engagement, but that position at the city was unfilled for quite some time and only very recently has gotten filled. So I don't think we've really been able to tackle this as much as we had hoped. So um, that being said, a lot of community input related things did get tackled, like especially the Old West Lawrence traffic pilot project as Dustin can attest to. Um, I don't know if the other ones really got off the ground as much. Like, yeah, there was the 11th Street, Indiana to Ohio. But um, I guess the question to you all is, um, based on what you're seeing here, is this something that we want to keep? And if so, how are we going to, I guess, alter it to be uh, relevant again?
Hey, Nick, this is, this is uh, Charlie. So I'll just say, I think that the city um, having the, I don't know who the community engagement person is, but I'm assuming they're on board. And since we didn't get that done last year, I think it'd be really useful to kind of hear from them and find out what their work, what they expect to do around transportation projects and such. So, I mean, I think that's worth keeping in, putting it somewhere in our calendar this year. I agree. I think that green study session there is probably still going to be one that we want to have since now we can actually have it. So as for the tasks, do you think that we need to, I think the first one is probably still quite relevant because whatever the community engagement plan is, it's probably being updated or even created, I guess, by this new person in that role. The second one, I'm not entirely sure what to do about that. Nick, this is Pat, and I think, you know, as we've talked in particular with staff and, and including Jessica in terms of the community engagement processes and that the transportation plans all have, you know, there is a, a, a set of procedures. And I think as we see projects uh, come to us, I, generally that's been part of the discussion in terms of how the community was engaged. And I think if we just continue that as far as to keep us in, informed of how the community's been engaged. And, um, you know, I think that would be a step. I don't know whether there's other things that associated with that that we should be doing, but I do think we've made progress towards that in terms of hearing about that at, in, within our agendas. And certainly then with uh, MMTC representation on like the transportation 20, 50 and the land use planning and all those individual plans that we had a lot of information about what the public public participation process was within those. So would you say then maybe it doesn't really need to be an explicit task at this point, but since it's been, you know, um, done much more completely throughout the past year that we could probably just leave it implicit at this point. Like we're still going to be catching up with pu public engagement documentation, but it's not necessarily something that we need to prioritize. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. This, this is Charlie. So I'd say I don't know when it's going to be done, but there was some discussion last year about having a five-year plan for street maintenance. Mm -hmm. I think that would be an interesting one to ask how community engagement would be incorporated into that work. Hmm. Uh, I think when we get out it, you know, a few years out, you can start to think about how we are kind of getting the community familiar with what projects could be out there that are just, you know, essentially repaving streets. Um, to me, that would be like, typically we just see a thing, something like that year to year we know there is some possibility that it might be a five-year plan that to me gives more space for dialogue with the public um, and i know those you know five years out type of things may not happen the way they're imagined five years early but at least it gives us better a better sense of understanding of what may happen in the next few years and we can start that community engagement process 
earlier, I would imagine. So to me that if we can see the five-year proposals um, or what that plan looks like, there's a better opportunity for community engagement. So it sounds like maybe instead of saying document the community engagement for each plan program and process, we could target a couple that may have greater impact instead of doing this, you know, scattershot approach. And then maybe we could better measure our, our, um, I don't know, I guess our learning and better understanding of those particular programs. So, I mean, obviously the five street street five year street maintenance outlook seems like it would be a pretty good, pretty good bet for that. And Pat, I'm totally forgetting what you said like two minutes ago um, of the other program that would be important to, to track. So I, I'll, what I heard Pat say, and Pat, please clarify if I didn't get this right, is that we've already seen staff kind of step up and demonstrate more community engagement at the project level. And those projects are typically through the, you know, bike ped improvements that we prioritize every year. Mm -hmm. What I thought was not included in that list is just the routine street maintenance. So that to, to me, that seemed like a new thing that historically hasn't really involved much community engagement. Mm -hmm. So I thought if we feel like there's already kind of sufficient community engagement baked into the projects that are funded through the um, non-motorized prioritization matrix tool, mm -hmm. probably not exactly right, but if that, if those projects seem to be already getting community engagement and we are just maintaining um, that expectation, what might be new for this year is to ask for what what level of community engagement would be part of the street maintenance program, which I don't think there's ever been much community engagement on that. And I think I could probably provide just a little bit of information there for an update. So. Um, both MSO and the CDR are working on, well, MSO in particular, are working on kind of standardizing our public engagement for different types of projects. And, and Jessica may be able to speak to, uh, better speak to when the timing of that's going to roll out. But I, I would guess within the next couple of months, we'll have a better idea. Uh, of course, these projects going to be a little bit different and, and demand different engagement. But I think, you know, in the next couple of months, we can at least show you, so you'd have a guide to, you know, street maintenance and look down on the list and see, okay, we expect to see touch points here and here, and here's what the city staff will be doing. And maybe once that's rolled out, it might be a good time to schedule that study session on community engagement. I think that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, all those are being developed on the back end um, because they have to for the budget process. Um, because of as all of those CIP projects, primarily in programs, get budgeted, the level of engagement they require largely impacts the cost to deliver that expectation. And so there's um, there's some work going into that now as part of the budget process. Um, street maintenance as part of the larger asset management program also has a lot of work, a robust uh, policy and programming being done around that. So I would expect um, more data of availability in the future, just for citizens in general and knowledge about uh, existing status of assets and direction that the organization wants to go. Okay, so I guess trying to merge these various threads together. It sounds like we're probably going to want to keep, you know, number one task here. Number two task, we can maybe target a little bit better. Um, I think I got that right. 
So, you know, say basically, you know, continue to, I guess, monitor community, community engagement in ongoing plans, programs, processes, but also, you know, do a deeper dive into what that could look like for the street maintenance program. I don't know who's taking notes, by the way. Should I be taking notes in the background here to kind of capture some of these things? Because this is kind of like a community editing session here. I'm taking notes for you, Nick. Okay, thank you. That helps. I'll be recorded too, so I can go back and right. capture that. Okay, well, thank you. I think we're, um, I guess, are there any other tasks that we want to talk about? I think it still would be good to get that biannual update from the transit and parking manager. Um, I think Adam's been a little busy, so 2022 was a, a tough year for him to do it, and 2023 might be also difficult. So um, I guess we can keep that as aspirational, perhaps. I'd, I'd like to see us uh, get an update sooner rather than later from transit, especially around the fare-free transit pilot. Okay. I think it's helpful to know what they've learned already. Um, I mean, we're getting close to a third of the way through the year. So yeah, they have presented that to the Public Transit Advisory Committee if you just want to go and watch the agenda. And they've let them know expectations about when they're going to report and what data. They already have some data out there. If that's helpful to you. Yeah, I think it'd be helpful if they could present that to us as well. What about the timeline for citing the transit center downtown? Is there a new study ongoing for that? I don't know what timeline they have dedicated. I know that's one of the many projects on their work tasks. Okay. That seems like the kind of thing that maybe would be good to get um, some sort of presentation on if, if there's time and if it's appropriate in the development schedule. Um, one of the other things I, I was hoping to do actually um, after talking to a couple of the neighborhood residents in Old West Lawrence is kind of get a recap of lessons learned on the Old West Lawrence NTMP pilot project. Um, I mean, Dustin, you could probably, you know, cite those lessons learned in your sleep, but I think it maybe wouldn't be a bad idea to have a couple of those folks to represent the neighborhood kind of come in and talk to us about how they got where they got, you know, if, if they would be able to maybe start getting some kind of, you know, relatively standardized plan together for what we need to do the next time we go into a neighborhood um, to try to take some shortcuts basically. Yeah, we are anticipating revisions to the, the neighborhood traffic management policy just to to implement some of the lessons learned from Old West Lawrence so we we don't end up in the same situation next time. Okay. Well, it sounds like that could be maybe a timely study session then to have that. Um, I think we should still keep that community engagement study session and maybe add another one about lessons learned from Old West Lawrence. I mean, you know, you guys and on staff will be doing this stuff behind the scenes, but I think it'd be interesting for us to kind of track how that all went down too. And we kind of hear bits and pieces, but not the whole story. I do yeah, think and, that and the, the neighborhood group has you know, expressed interest in, you know, providing that, so. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. I, I was hoping I was not misremembering. <laughs> so that will be helpful. I do think we could probably delete the three uh, red agenda items right now just because they're kind of 
past tense right now, but a um, an agenda item for an, an update on the downtown transit center would be helpful. Was there another agenda item that we wanted to do to try to incorporate, Charlie, what you were saying about the street maintenance five-year plan? Well, I see on the <clears throat> our current uh, calendar in November, there's an annual street maintenance plan. I guess um, I, I had the understanding we might be seeing this as a five-year plan, so I don't know if that isn't possible or or what, but mm. I feel like we can get it sooner. That's kind of what I was imagining is, but I don't know. I mean, this staff really drive that. So if we're going to try to see any efforts to do community engagement in our annual street maintenance, the member feels a little late to me. What way do you envision the um, the discussion going on that? Like, how would you structure an agenda item to try to incorporate public engagement into that process? Well, it kind of depends on the, I think the, you know, if it's really, it depends on the size of the different projects. You know, that's an assortment of projects every year. Yeah. I know often when we see projects like I don't know if Mass Street would be on there, but we've heard for many years, you know, Mass Street is going to be resurfaced and that's an opportunity to change the um, the layout so that maybe it has protected bike lanes. Well, that's a pretty big deal just from street maintenance work. Um, Ninth Street, I don't know when that's due, but I think about some of those key streets that people would probably be a little more interested in hearing what the plan is if it's going to be resurfaced if there's any chance to you know narrow the lanes add uh, buffered bike lanes protected bike lanes those sorts of things so I, I don't know enough about what's expected in the next five years but I feel like if there was some version of that we could see then we could <coughs> give input on what's the how appropriate is community engagement for some of the aspects of the street maintenance plan. Things that are just in a neighborhood where you're doing, I don't know, just routine scraping the pavement and resurfacing it. I just assume there's probably a very modest amount of community engagement where you notify people that it's gonna happen, but probably no one's expecting any real change. So it would really be if you're gonna make a change or there's an opportunity to make a change, that starts in my mind to make me think what's the level of engagement um, so that people are ready for the change. If there's any chance they could give input to the change. If there's, you know, some discretion in how it might look, then that's why, you know, engagement would be necessary. I can't imagine that a whole lot of those things would require or kind of trigger that way of thinking, but some of them could, I would imagine. And maybe that's what and I think you know, that's where we're going to have to find out more information about how that policy for asset management and programming is going to is expected to work and structure those decisions. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think between Jake and I, we or Dustin, like we know enough today to know that, but we can hear what you're saying and we can ask staff where the appropriate points of inclusion are for you to weigh in on that. 
Just so I'm clear, does asset management have a five-year plan in place that they work off of? Does anyone know? The city is pursuing a asset management program, so it's in development. They are in the policy development phase. They have a consultant on board to help them work on the structure of their asset management program. And they're in different phases with different departments of inventorying and understanding condition of, of assets. So. It, that that very robust program is not something that has a long tenure here. So perhaps maybe at that November meeting, we could hear from asset management about where that ongoing project is too. Yeah, I, I think we just need to reach out to them as staff and we'll figure out where they are in their touch points. Like when do they have stuff they're taking to commission? What things are they presenting or doing at which level? Like maybe this year is just, I would assume if we left it as an annual street maintenance, it may be annual for another year. The end goal is to get to a longer term plan. Um, you know, I know this body's had other conversations about understanding historic street maintenance, although, you know, depending on how much that's going to change to know, just like talk about as we talk about um, impacts to different neighborhoods um, and different pavement condition index. So I think there's a lot of work to be done there. It's not work that we we're all on, probably like Jake and Dustin and I are all on the periphery of that work. And so, um, we're not actively involved in some in some of those things. So we just need to follow up with the people who are doing that work. So I, I would propose that instead of waiting all the way till November to get the, you know, the 2023 update on street maintenance projects, since we got that back in 2022 November, then perhaps we could have a well, agenda item or a study session to maybe select a couple of them that seem to be relatively important and uh, I don't know, Charlie, you think just decide if they merit further. I mean, a lot of these probably have some sort of public engagement already. I just wouldn't know what that is based on the spreadsheet that I'm seeing here. Um, I, I think just maybe earlier in the year, some study session about like what should we be expecting regarding community engagement in the street maintenance program? Maybe the answer is maybe it's just a staff report. That's <laughs> you what know? I was thinking. Yeah, well, like a staff update. Yeah. Well, there's not going to be any this year. And they tell us that at our next meeting or whatever. Or maybe there is something it's percolating and we might, you know, be involved in that. That's earlier. a very simple solution for now. Okay. Um, in that case, I guess Jake or Dustin or Jessica, if, if somebody could, if it's possible. Anybody is able to get that information by next meeting an update on which projects of street maintenance are planned for some sort of public engagement. I think maybe that'll help kind of guide this discussion a little bit closer because at this point it's kind of up in the air. Yeah, and I guess some of the projects you're talking about, Charlie, like the Massachusetts project, that's its own separate CIP project. It's not part of it, maybe included in maintenance on some of, but there's separate planning work being done for that. So we'll have a separate public process than just like a typical, maybe a mill and overlay where you're notifying somebody you're doing some condition work in their neighborhood to improve, to maintain right. pavement conditions. So it probably matters what type of work it is. Right, that, that's where I don't know, like 
you know, what are the projects that are going to get in the bucket we call street maintenance versus their own CIP where, you know, it's, there's, it appears that at this point, the CIP projects are kind of routinely being evaluated for a community engagement. The street maintenance program, I don't know that it ever has been. So I'm, that's why I'm kind of throwing it out there is maybe that's something for us to try to investigate and understand better this year. Um, and I don't know how, how the staff decides what goes into the bucket of street maintenance, um, that CIP line item versus standalone. So maybe it's, maybe that's the distinction. If it goes in the bucket of street maintenance, it doesn't get community engagement because it's, it's maybe too routine. I don't know. So the, the projects that are going to be standalone in the CIP are typically a reconstruction project. They're not going to be a maintenance project. So they're not going to be a mill and overlay or a microsurfacing or just doing curb and gutter work. It's going to be a complete reconfiguration of the roadway, pavement, subgrade. And that's where we look at our complete streets policy okay. and bring concepts back to MMTC for consideration. Got it. So then the um, street maintenance uh is that right? I just don't know. Is mass up for reconstruction? Is that what you're telling? Yeah, the, the 14th to 23rd is in the CIP. Yeah, we're looking at hiring a consultant and bringing well, concepts to you guys this year. I don't know what's up. I'm, I'm throwing out this as an example. Like, if we're going to be looking at Ninth Street for maintenance, to me that would be one that would maybe be significant enough that it should warrant thoughts on how we engage the community around there. And that one specifically. Um, so if you're familiar with the Jayhawk watershed project, mm -hmm. so uh, there was some planned street maintenance, I believe a little bit further out on Ninth Street. And it's our, our plan to bring that into the scope of the Jayhawk watershed project and do the street maintenance and all the utilities at once. So we're only, you know, kind of doing the corridor approach that we're, we're trying to be more efficient with our work um, and resources. And so with that, we would again be looking at the consultant to bring options to the table via the complete streets policy for, for that stretch. So I know I'm just hitting kind of the few ones you're, you're throwing out there. Um, if I may, I actually have, as I'm looking through the list that I want to say Brad um, present, oh, no, uh, Stephen, well, he presented back in November. There are a couple that look like they may get into the territory that Charlie is is I think trying to hint at. So for example, Castle Between Trail and uh, Peterson, that's a fairly significant stretch of road. And then there's also Peterson between Castle to Monterey, also pretty significant stretch. And technically on the Lawrence Loop at this point, I think, um, I don't know, depending on which way you navigate in that direction. I think there are a couple, oh, and Louisiana Street between 19th and 21st, I think, um, could have some more significant opportunities for community input based on their kind of impact to the surrounding areas. I do think probably that the majority of this list is pretty inconsequential stuff, but there are a couple of ones that seem to stand out a little bit more. So it, it sounds like maybe just a staff update, if possible, would be a good way to kind of address this in the short term staff update regarding what public engagement is expected for some of the bigger projects on that list from November 2022. Is that okay with everybody? Staff, is that a reasonable request? 
Yeah, I think it's a reasonable request, but we, I guess I would emphasize that, you know, if we look at our, our calendar as presented on the, the agenda, we've got a lot of work and, you know, we kind of consider it full. We don't have a lot of additional capacity for new work. So we just need to make sure we're, we're cognizant of, you know, of staff's capacity to deliver these back to you guys. And if there's something that's really important, we need to think about what to take off that list. Okay. I don't think it necessarily has to be presented next month then. Um, I mean, it's at this point, it's, you know, it's an improvement over November 2023. So anything before that is going to be a benefit if we can, if we can swing that. So yeah, good, good to know that there are definitely bandwidth considerations here. I'm just want to ask clarification on that. There's the June, July, September, October, and December meetings have nothing tentatively on their agendas at all. So, I mean, it looks. I look at it like over half of the meetings we have left for this year have nothing listed on the schedule or the calendar that we were provided. Versus background stuff? Like, just so not on. Some yeah. of that, Charlie, is like you'll see the list of all the different planning projects and projects kind of down at the bottom or the other future regular meeting items. Those are things that haven't necessarily been in the timeline where we're ready to commit them to an exact agenda yet, but it's all work that we would anticipate either the committee appointing people to other processes or working parallel processes. There's possible updates from some of those projects. There's project field check review plans. Those are all things, all those things basically on the bottom of the list need to be slated somewhere in that calendar. So I do agree it could be misleading that it looks like there's nothing and we're just waiting to fill an agenda, but that's not necessarily the case. It's about timing. Thank you for pointing me towards the bottom. Okay. There's a pretty robust list. Yeah. So Jessica, I know you've been taking notes on this particular line, um, I guess for you and for the rest of the commission, do, do, do you think at this point we've basically covered the the community input line here on our action plan? Yeah, I think if you guys feel good, I think wouldn't the plan be to bring back a, we could bring back a draft you put on the actual agenda for yeah. our next meeting so you can all look at it and have a final conversation as an actual mm -hmm. item where you can take public comment on it before you proceed to do that. And I have adequate notes, I think, to reflect what you're looking for in terms of understanding engagement around some of those projects and having some items on the agenda. Cool. Well, thank you for doing that. And yep. I guess just kind of as a look ahead here, it appears that our agenda item for the regular meeting is also this. So. I have a feeling the way this was structured, because I don't think I was here for the agenda planning meeting, is that we're basically going to, you know, do what we can in the uh, study session, con continue that for the regular meeting as long as I guess we can, hopefully not going super long. And then, like Jessica said, bring this as a draft for an agenda item next time or in yeah, a That would time. be our staff recommendation to you yeah. is to not take action on it tonight since you haven't had it on the agenda. Yeah, just going to be a very long study session, essentially. Okay. Um, as for how we've been going through this so far, the pace level of discussion uh, the, for the rest of the commissioners, are you okay with this so far? Should we kind of reconsider our, our process going forward here? No, this is good. Yeah, yeah let's keep going. Yeah. Okay. It's good enough for me. All right. Um, 
Next line is make transportation a part of the unique identity for Lawrence. So this goes right into that unmistakable identity. Oh, and sorry if you're, I have a screen I'm looking at. I don't know if you all are, are looking at a screen or not. So let me know if I got to take a break while things get shared again. Is everybody looking at a screen? Is it, are you just looking at me or are you looking at the? Yeah, the work plan, I think is what we're okay. doing. 2022 work plan. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's in your tab up top, Christina. Huh? Is it in your tab up top there? No, that was one. Oh, okay. And I think Jessica put it in the chat as well. So anyway, I guess as that's coming up, I can just kind of preface this as this is the unmistakable identity um, action item that we gave for ourselves at the retreat back in 2022. And, um, you know, unmistakable identity is one of the belief outcomes of the strategic plan. So we sought to try to incorporate that into our action plan as well. Um, I don't know if we really made a lot of progress on this particular one. So I think we had the, the agenda item on the, that Lawrence Loop project simply because that was a part of our, our regularly scheduled programming anyway. But I don't know how much else we've done here necessarily. Um, it would probably take, um, wait a second, hold up. Did, did we have a study session with that unmistakable identity outcome team? I'm, I'm vaguely remembering talking about this with like the wayfinding. Okay. Okay. We so did. We do that. Okay. Sorry, it's been a long year. <laughs> so, okay. So that did happen. What more do you think we need to accomplish commissioners, I guess, who have been on long enough to remember that? Obviously not myself. <laughs> Well, I think the wayfinding looks like it's moving forward this year. So that would be nice to reference, I think, in this. Yeah. Um, Wait, I think, I think that's the other thing on our agenda today. Is that right? I have to get yeah. back to that one. Okay. Let's see. Oh, just establishing a subcommittee. Okay. So that being said, it sounds like that would be a good fit for. Um, I guess an agenda item, something. Maybe let's go through the tasks first. So I feel like the, um, what's that column on the left? I think the objective itself is still reasonable. Um, but maybe the, the projects that are currently under consideration are different than they were last year. So for example, it would be the wayfinding and probably depending on if it gets funded and when the 33rd street bridge on the Lawrence loop that that may become you know something of interest as well as kind of the gateway to South Lawrence for those tasks we said that we were going to review peer communities for example the strategies used to develop a stronger transportation I, I feel like we did have this study session so I think we can probably check this off the list I don't know how much more we need to go into it I personally would feel comfortable striking this but as to supporting the strategic plan implementation, I mean, we still have to, that's sort of our directive, right? As, um, so 
Anybody who is, um, I guess, familiar with this element want to comment on that? Would you be okay with striking number one and then just keeping number two right there? I don't think we really did number one, but I guess I'd put it out there. Is, is this a, like, I feel like this looks like a committee work, piece of work. Like, who's going to spend time to do that research, bring it back to us? And yeah. if you don't have anyone volunteering to do that, then we should probably just be realistic with ourselves. Yeah. I think we can personally kind of pare down this action item a little bit, or this uh, this whole line here. Because I, th I think given what else is going on in, you know, um, projects and planning and everything, I think this may have a little bit less importance over the course of this year, especially because, you know, I believe the RFP for the bike ped bridge crossing, whatever it's going to be downtown in the river, the RFP is out now, I believe, right? So that particularly unmistakable identity piece is kind of in motion already. So, um, Things are happening, I guess, whether we're whether we're getting involved or not. Which I guess brings me to a potential agenda item. We're probably going to have to do, I don't know, concept check plans, or maybe somebody more familiar with that project can give me an update on what, what exactly is going on, and if there is any any I guess plan for progress this year. Yes. So, um, like you said, the RFP actually isn't out there anymore. It's closed last week. So, um, staff is in the middle of um, consultant proposal evaluations, um, and we will probably be gearing towards um, awarding that to a consultant maybe in the beginning of June. Mm -hmm. uh, it, as part of that, we'll probably consider what um, we're still bouncing the idea around, but of a, a steering committee to guide and aid the public engagement, working with the consultant to discover concepts and, and build support. Um, the Lawrence Loop project from the depot to Constant Park. So making the, the downtown connection essentially. Okay. And so at, at some point we'll probably be reaching out um, to form a steering committee is, is kind of the thought. So um, if we did that, we'd, we'd be looking for re representation from the MMTC. So. Okay, that's uh, very helpful. Do we think that that would be a reasonable action item then is basically form a steering committee to help guide the, you know, the public engagement portion of the, whatever we're calling this thing. Yeah, I'll probably be appoint MMTC members to a city commission developed yeah. steering committee. But that yeah. makes more sense. Okay. Yep. So Charlie, as to number one, I could have sworn there was some point where we talked about, you know, like cities that had bike parks or cities that had interesting bus stops or interesting wayfinding. Didn't we do some sort of background research to prepare for a study session? I may be totally misremembering this. Um, I think we tied it into the work session with the unmistakable identity group and we People were basically expected to bring what they could, so some of us did, but nothing, there wasn't a whole lot beyond that. So, I mean, that's where I feel like okay. we kind of did something like this, and if we want to go deeper, we're probably going to need to create a committee to, like, take it deeper. Okay. I'm, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, because of the downtown crossing thing and also, um, the land development code update, I think there's going to be maybe enough on our plate elsewhere that we could probably 
kind of go light on unmistakable identity for this year and then maybe try to pick it up again next year as as bandwidth allows if you're still looking for some something re regarding placemaking, I suggested a few. I added as a future study session the uh, presentation about bus stop improvement program and update because they transit has a lot of really cool stuff going on relation in relation to a program that they have adopted and improvements that they're working on that you may want to know more about that fit within this probably category of comfort and identity. Yeah. I would. That, I was going to say we also have the wayfinding. So I think we could, in this unmistakable identity, the wayfinding project, the um, Lawrence Loop project, and if you want to include the bus stop, feels like we we're doing quite a bit then. Yeah, just a lot more specifically this time instead of the exploratory background research. Um, the downtown transfer location is on that future study session topic list. Oh, yeah. I, 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 in my mind, that's, I don't know, goes under a connected city, obviously, but it feels like it's potentially also, there's opportunity for that unmistakable identity. That's true. What's really done with that space. Which one is that under? Um, just on the bottom of our calendar and future study session topics. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You brought it up earlier. <clears throat> and I, you know, if we're just having a placeholder, it's kind of like the, you know, if we're going to have a pedestrian bridge over Iowa, like we all recognize, like that's also an opportunity to think about the entrance to the city. And is there something more other than just a bridge for people to bike or walk across? Like, you know, a lot of these projects have that potential where it's, yes, it's infrastructure, but it's also potentially um, something that people would start to notice and recognize and it becomes how we identify, you know, in that case, it would be a gateway into the city. So Yeah, so kind of a couple projects identified for the near future. Jessica, rather than us trying to wordsmith it here, do you have enough direction at this point to kind of draft something coherent and um okay that's all good so. okay i'll try you can grade me next time <laughs> one i mean one thing that i think we could all notice is when staff pre prepare their memos you know they usually have to essentially code it to one of the outcome areas and while there might be a primary outcome area i'm curious like when you see there's an opportunity to intersect with another outcome area um, how does that the get form only allows you to choose one area? Yeah, so it doesn't really get acknowledged. <laughs> um, yeah, that's outside that, of our control. I think you've asked me that before. Oh, I probably would have. That seems like something <laughs> I would have. I'm like, I, I well, you know, it's because like, I see transit is clearly going to be under connected city, but there's a missed opportunity if people aren't thinking also, like, what does that space look like, especially in a highly visible area like downtown Lawrence? And it would be a shame to miss that opportunity just to think about what is this, how does this start to represent people's understanding of who we are as a city? So. Okay, so I think we've covered the first two lines. Um, we got officially about 10 to 15 minutes left in our study session. I think we could probably conquer this last one on the page. 
Um, and by we, I mean Damon. I think we'll have to lead this discussion because as our man on the on the steering committee here for the climate action plan, I think you're probably more um, more aware of what's going on than the rest of us are. And I don't think we did a ton of this last year, other than appoint you to that steering committee. Yeah, and at our last um, steering committee meeting, I well, so just to back up a second, they finished all their um, engagement meetings, kind of info gathering. So now they're moving on to actually drafting the plan. Um, so we're not going to meet for a while, but I did pitch um, the climate action plan team coming to us for a study session. Um, so the county people could come here and talk to us about what they're um, what they're thinking for objectives in the climate plan regarding transportation. So I can I need to follow up with Jamie and see if she has a date that would work. Um, I kind of just need to close the loop on that and see where their head's at for meeting with us. That sounds good. I wonder if we can just replace what's currently on there for proposed study sessions with what you're starting to get moving. Well, the, the study session is on there. Yeah, it's on the there. climate action plan update. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Still staff, yeah. So yeah, I'd, I guess I just need to get a, a time frame and then also uh, just get a sense of what they're thinking that discussion will look like because I'm not sure how far they're, how far they'll be along or um, so maybe uh, I can just correspond a little bit more with her and bring an update to our next month's meeting. Okay, sounds like that's a, a clear I guess action item that we can pursue. And I don't know, maybe that's kind of like a revision of action item number one there. So instead of meeting with the Sustainability Advisory Committee, I thought they were the advisory board. Um, then instead we'll be meeting with sustainability staff. So yeah. easy enough. Then the second one, um, have we been working on this one at all? Doesn't look familiar, but I may be forgetting something. Five sustainability principles of the Green New Deal. So there is a whole new process being worked on. Jake, do you want to talk about Envision for capital projects? No, I'm Envision certified. Yes, I do, Jessica. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, it is part of the, and I believe it's tomorrow night city commission meeting, or the, yeah, is that when the MSO is giving an update on the sustainability projects policy um, on how we're going to be um, starting in 2024, looking at LEED or Envision certification for our transportation and building projects. Um, so when you're with your linear projects, roadways, utility projects, you'll be looking at Envision certification. So um, staff is kind of getting trained up on that and uh, we'll be able to um, learn how to, to add those techniques to the projects, including um, you know the budgetary costs that are associated with that moving forward. Did I miss any of the, the highlights there, Jessica? I think the point to make though is that like there's a lot of work happening and that's happening on the backside of around the city's commitment to that in the strategic plan. And so those would all be things that probably as those projects go through that process, you will be updated on the status of those, right? Where it falls, implications about design that fall into that. 
Okay. So it sounds like maybe that is a future study session. And if it doesn't happen this year, then we'll just keep it for next year. Any objections or discussions on that idea? Seems like a good idea. I mean, that's the direction the city's moving, just learning more about it. Yeah. Useful. Maybe we could probably strike that, that second action item because I think, you know, the city's kind of covering that, it sounds like, by by adopting the Envision framework and starting to incorporate that in the projects. I think we'll probably get to where that that action item was going to get us. But from, you know, from the city commission's direction rather than from us. So I'm okay with that. But I, since it's kind of happening outside of our control, it doesn't really need to be an action item, I guess. It's just going to happen. I think as long as you kind of capture it somehow with the study session, like, yeah, you know, one of my action items, you could just tweak it by saying learn about or something so that we kind of, yeah, we're reviewing this. We can say, yeah, we did learn about it. Or just like support it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Learn about and support, you know, efforts to blah, blah, blah. Okay. Do we need to do anything else on this, this, this line item or can it be kept fairly trim, you think? Because looks like it's, um, mostly about the climate action plan, so. Okay, well, if not, um, the equity one is kind of long, so shall we start that now or shall we break early and wait until we're at the regular meeting? I could kind of go either way. Julie, I'll probably be deferring to you on this one because this is kind of usually one that you bring up. Did you just call me out? I, I, I did. Sure. I'm sorry, I was reading. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think I'll leave it to you to decide if this is a a line that we can do now during the rest of our study session or if we should defer till the rest of the meeting. I know we have kind of an awkward break in here at some at some point where we're having to switch to study to the regular agenda. I think we could continue and get as far as we can and then, yeah, let's you know, and then pick it up where we leave off. Okay, I'm good with that. Everybody else? Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, I would say the first task was to reestablish our equity committee. Um, I don't recall that we ever really got it established. I feel like we got it, some people identified, but then never really did anything. So maybe the, yeah, because it was me and then the two people that were both vacant. So that's why we didn't do anything. So I think maybe a way to reframe that would be to, um, I mean, you could leave it as is, I suppose. But at some point, if we're going to have committees, we do need to commit to like um, doing committee work. Um, I think that's, that's maybe simple. part of a larger question of training. Like, if to, like I would say we should figure out what is it that we want to learn about equity related to our work. That would be the first job of a committee. So before we get into, you know, how, what are the policy, what's the policy level work? I would say it's, it's pretty fundamental right now. We just got to start with what's going on. I mean, we've, for those that aren't familiar, like Hillary, like there's, been a lot of work around um, identifying a, a transportation disadvantage area in the community. And I think that's a good starting point for 
like I think we're all familiar with that here. So that would be, you know, like we're not starting from ground zero, I guess is my point. But then thinking of, you know, beyond that, what else do we want to see happen? If you look at number two, it kind of gets into the things that we said last year, as far as training available mm -hmm. uh, to the advisory board members um, to better understand citywide equity initiatives. So, you know, maybe we could tweak that somewhat, but it, it seems like that's pretty much what you were just saying as far as you know, get the equity committee up and going and then yeah, I feel like this is just, we need to put the people together that want to do that kind of work. And then uh, the work isn't, it's kind of clear to me what we would need to start with, but I can't be a committee of one. Well, haven't we, did we ever get a um, clear decision about whether we could have outside Members be part of subcommittees. We had that discussion, but I can't remember. What There's no happened. rules against it in the bylaws. I'd say it's There's a rule against it. You said no. There isn't, as far as we can say. There's no explicit prohibition on doing that. I mean, there's also nothing that stops us from just consulting with people that aren't members of the commission. You know, as part of the agenda. I mean, mm -hmm. that would be a simpler way to do to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would honestly think the first place to start would be just what is city staff kind of where are, where are things we don't, I trust there's a lot of work already happens. We just don't always know about it. So let's get clear on what's going on. And then how do we, um, get our, our full commission aware of that process that's already underway. And then how do we, how do we provide any advice on that current work? And is there anything? You know, I mean, mostly just let's make sure we're clued in and then we see opportunities for any input, we can provide it. I know we've kind of tweaked, like we've requested our memos have this and that in there. And so maybe there's a way to think about that too. But I think first step would be, let's just gather our bearings, get familiar with what staff already has going on. Let's educate ourselves and then feel more comfortable trying to make an impact in this area. Is it possible that a staff item could be sufficient for that kind of update? Or I guess maybe that's up to staff. If it's a fairly simple update, then you know, we can just we can just keep it as a staff item. But if it requires kind of a kind of a I guess a recap of what's happened in the past, what's the plan for current and future, then that might have to actually be a study session. Um I mean, I kind of like where you're going, but if that's like what staff's capacity to help kind of with just a memo describing kind of current efforts, because that, that, that would be a nice way to maybe get us going. But ultimately, if we don't have the interest in trying to have, you know, at least three of us on a committee to address this issue, I'd say we need to let it go. Just being realistic. I think it helps. Also sorry. I like the idea of having people that are not on the MMTC mm -hmm. uh, serve on an equity committee as well, particularly population disadvantaged populations that could help inform that work. I agree. And that's a lot of where I was wanting to go, but I feel like we got to start with before we, um, like that would be a 
useful maybe thing to come up through a process where we say an equity advisory board would be useful. Mm -hmm. But it could be bigger than that. Like the city might already have plans for some, such a thing, you know, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to jump ahead of them. So, sure. like, because I know the health department has a health equity advisory board, and it's pretty standard now to bring issues to that advisory board that change how we do our work at the health department, and things might go there before they go to the public health board. So, you know, that's a more systemic way of approaching it. So, um, if the city's already got things going on, and that's where I think before we just blindly jump into solutions, getting familiar with what the city's process is, what their hopes are, and then asking kind of those, how does that play out with transportation work? And, you know, just, and they probably already thought it all and just, you know, so kind of it, that's why I think before we go too far, we got to, we got to listen to what's going on and then figure out how do we become useful in that process. Okay. So I'm wondering if we can maybe trim this down. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I said that, you know, the strategic plan does have equity and inclusion as one of their, one of the commitments. And I suspect, and if we look at some of that work, there's, you know, there's processes and things that are already going on that could be incorporated to, to what we do. So I, getting more familiar with, with that. And I know in this last year, there's been a lot of work on performance, on the outcomes and, and that kind of thing. You know, I think even when we were talking earlier about the, um, uh, what was the other other topic we were just talking about, but, oh, I, the unmistakable identity that, you know, a lot of those um, measurements were being developed in this last year. And I think it's, on a lot of these, it's been an ongoing process in this, in this past year. So getting more up to date with, you know, where those stand would be helpful as far as guiding our work as well. And just to point out to you, though, those, you, those of you that may or may not be aware, the city right now has a whole boards and commission structure committee that is meeting to discuss the whole future structure of all advisory boards. And I would imagine based on some recommendations that report or that work is looking like a May timeframe. And so after that, I would say there's probably more understanding of what a next steps may be or what the public process is going to be for letting the public respond to um, the findings that that group has. So perhaps at this point, all we can really do is try to get a read on what's going on in the city, you know, which will probably include that discussion on streamlining boards and commissions, um, what's being done to address the strategic plan, all sorts of stuff. So I think all these other action items are kind of dependent on what's going on, right? So would it make sense to maybe, I don't know, just kind of revise this to a much uh, simpler version and say like, based on where the city is with regards to, you know, progress on equity and inclusion, you know, uh, support efforts in enrolling these, these considerations into transportation projects and decisions. I mean, I, you know, it, that probably seems like maybe a step back compared to the level of detail that we have here. But I think, like Charlie said, being realistic about people's commitment and what Jessica's saying about where the city is kind of in flux here. 
I don't know if we can really be too much more specific than that. So maybe we could do kind of what we, how we landed on the climate action work, learn and support. Yeah. You know, like this idea that this is a year where our goal will be to understand that issue and um, support the efforts that the city is doing. That's pretty broad. Yeah. And it we doesn't really know where we are. Okay. <clears throat> I didn't get a sense. I mean, we're we're only nine, and there's there's still two down. So, accelerate <laughs> for joy. <laughs> so, you know, until we feel like we have um, enough of us, and we can get a committee. I don't I don't know. Otherwise, all work like this would have to happen at our full commission level. Yeah. So, I would say, just being realistic for this year, uh, learning and trying to be supportive of the city's effort to address equity in matters related to transportation something to that effect would be sufficient for now yeah and then, you know clear out the rest of it we can look at that as a historic document with lots of ambition <laughs> yeah mm. or something that we can resurrect for the future once we know more about the state of what's going on so i do like the idea of a staff memo so i'll I mean, one way I like that is it kind of sets us up for potentially a study session, but it doesn't have to go to a study session. Yeah. Just giving us a little more information then can help us determine if it's even ready for a study session. Mm -hmm. but a staff memo means staff time. And um, I guess what do you guys tell us if that's reasonable? So are you, let me ask one clarifying question. Are you thinking about like you would want to hear from the equity and inclusion staff about updates of their work around equity and inclusion, or you want to hear from Jake and I, you know what I mean? I think, or MSRs. I think our, goal, our goal last year, I think, was to get the, the equity and inclusion staff to help us understand their efforts and how they're efforts inform the transportation matters. So okay. that's where I don't know, like if it's easiest for them to come and do a study session, great. But they can ask. They just want to do a staff memo. That would be fine, I think. Okay. I think our goal is not to try to act like this is work that needs to be done in a silo, especially when the city's Committed, you know, resources to this issue. We just like to understand their approach to um, informing the transportation work. Okay, sounds good. I, I think we probably got this one covered. And time-wise, it's probably time to, you know, pull the plug on this uh, study session, take a quick break, and then hop back on for the agenda that is basically this with some other stuff thrown in so if everybody's okay with that i'd say we're i think we're at a good stopping point and uh we can pick this up at 6 15. right okay cool
You and you are. And it's maybe just as yeah. yeah, well, I think it is. I think it always makes a difference, but I think we're going to be called a strategic point. And, you know, sometimes they wait too long because we're like, well, there's a media time for something. And, you know, it gets away from Well, their players, um, 35 and 10, when they came out after halftime, 35 in particular was just like dropping the three point shots. And then her and the other, and number 10, we're like feeding each other, and I was like, uh oh, this is the duo. And, um, but I feel like when, we, when the fans got really loud, it distracted um, in the tent. But she was not quite really? herself. And, yeah, yeah, that's my, what I was paying attention to. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's, that's quite true. All right, everybody, I'm going to swing my virtual gavel. We're at a 717, so I figure we'll, um, we'll get this thing moving again. So um, I guess since we've already done the preamble during the study session, essentially this is still the, the April 2023 meeting of the Multimodal Transportation Commission, and we are now in our, our regular agenda portion of the evening. So with that, um, Jake, is there anything I'm missing before I start launching into agenda items? Uh, we've got to approve the minutes. Yep, okay. I just wasn't sure if there's any other preamble that had to happen, so. Cool. Um, well, the first item is to approve the minutes from the March 6, 2023 MMTC Commission meeting. Um, is there anybody from the commission who has any um, any requested visions, questions, corrections? And if not, I'll entertain a motion to approve the minutes. Ms. Commissioner Bryan, I move to approve the March 6, 2023 meeting minutes. I second. Okay. Um, since I didn't see who was second, I'm not sure who that was. Was that Pat? Okay. <laughs> yep. okay. So uh, first by Brian, second by Commissioner Collette. And all in favor, just raise your hand and say aye. 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 And if not, say, say nay. <laughs> all right. It passes unanimously. This is a little stranger doing this over virtual, but I think we can, I think we can make it work. There's not going to be a ton of actions this this meeting. So moving on to public comment. I'll just read this preamble out real quick. The public is allowed to speak to any items or issues that are not scheduled on the regular agenda. Public comment will not be received for staff items, commission items, or calendar. Each person or organization will be limited to three minutes. As a general practice, the commission will not discuss or debate these items, nor will the commission make decisions on the items presented at this time. Individuals are asked to come to the microphone, sign in, and state their name and address. Speakers should address all comments to the commission. Do we have anybody in the room who wishes to make a general public comment? We do not. Okay. How about online? Mr. Thornburg? Yes, can you hear me? Um, good evening. Um, I expect all of you can remember from algebra a term called absolute value, meaning that a, a number whether it's it was a positive or negative number has a value a quantity um with that in mind i want to uh, make a comment on your study session unmistakable transportation um, identification with lawrence is the progressive deprivation delay and degrading of 
safe, secure, and convenient bike parking at public facilities. So I'm going to give you a bit of a progress report on what's going on with that uh, in the last year. You may recall that none of you saw me until 2015 when the public library, the new public library opened with no bike parking. What was planned there and what the voters voted on had been removed by a variance, administrative variance. The fourth fix for the problem of cyclists wanting to use their library was the bike corral. Um, with regard to it, it uh, has gone downhill since the day it was installed um, with COVID and the rebuilding of, um, with the building of parklets and so forth, the city spent $100,000 on things like tire stops and they rebuilt the corral across from the pig and they did nothing to the uh, corral in front of the library, which had lost its um, candlesticks and was its tire stops, which were plastic, were going to hell. Um, what you see today, I had to get Shrill to get something done with it as well. Um, this year, when I moved over here, I was dismayed to find that Hobbs had no bike parking. By bringing this up with the Parks and Rec Department, the worst of things happened. They put in a bad rack in a bad location. It, it would hold at most three bikes nominally and in the dark. As many as nine bikes were parked in there in the dark. I think Damon may have participated in that one of those days. At Santa Fe Depot, they installed a whole new uh, parking lot uh, for long-term car passengers and did not install bike boxes. And the three half-H bike racks, which had been there, they had to dig up and um, to get underneath. They were installed in the concrete. When they re replaced them, they surface mount mounted them. And can you see this? Without tamper-proof, without tamper-proof fastenings, I'm pretty sure I could have could have gone over there and and lifted a. Uh, $7,000 electric cargo bike, which uh, Hillary may uh, tell you about, and been off with the thing in five minutes. Uh, the transportation hub, they've got art racks, art racks planned to go in out there. Art racks, as you know, are, are um, a strict no-no. They're circular racks, which have the um, functionality of snakes on a suspender. that enough? Yes, thank you, I appreciate it. And I should probably note that I think we may have mentioned this last time, but as the land development code update is currently happening, the, the requirements for both car parking and bicycle parking are a part of that. So somewhere around September, you're probably gonna see the first draft of what they're calling phase two of all of the, um, I wanna say the dimensional and geometric standards of development and how it's supposed to happen. So stay tuned for that. The first part's coming up right about now, and that's uses, but then after that, it'll be all the bike parking. Yes. I've heard these de delays again and again, year after year since 2015. One of those delays was the parking code. They said, wait for that parking code. You need to be in on that. I was in on it. Um, 
that code as it is covers things like the um, public facilities. Now, um, they can make excuses that a variance was necessary because of uh, what uh, Jeff Crick would call, um, there's a doctrine stating that reuse doesn't necessarily mean, um, it's like the Carnegie building has no bike parking whatsoever since 2010. And I think he would forward looking planning, I think that he calls that. So I don't buy that, 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 that this thing needs to wait. I think there should have been a bike park, a bike box installed um, when the parking lot was completed. Understood. Thank you for your comment. Is there anybody else on the line who would like to make a public comment? Okay, it doesn't look like anybody else. So um, let's move on to agenda items, which in this case is going to be to continue discussing the 2023 work plan. Um, do we want to just jump right back into it? Looks like our, our next section was going to be measuring progress of MMTC towards meeting community plans. Okay, so obviously we're not going to be establishing the 2022 work plan. I think we can probably update that one. Uh, evaluate priorities and expectations from members. I don't, I think it looks like there were supposed to be a three and a four, but there's just a one, two, and a three. So what is currently listed as number two, that seems fairly vague and also redundant with establishing a work plan. I mean, between the bylaws and the work plan, those are the expectations and the priorities, right? Or am I not seeing something here? So Nick, this is Charlie. I, my recollection of this one, we had a committee, I think Pat, you and I were on it. It was really around trying to create our own set of performance measures. And we essentially kind of stall put it on a permanent kind of stall i think because of the city's efforts that were already underway for um the strategic plan and I, I think we just i would my recommendation on this one would be to strike the whole thing because i don't feel like we really had a clear um way to differentiate from just the city's existing and continually developing list of metrics they're using to monitor efforts. Right. I think when we know. met with Jessica, she referenced the strategic plan and the development of those ongoing development of those measures around the uh, around the strategic plan and, and that, you know, because at the time we were thinking, you know, making those performance measurements more accessible to the public, you know, so that they, you know, would have an easier way of seeing the, the progress in bike ped facilities and, and programs and uh, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, but it based, you know, so based on the way the website is with the city and didn't seem like there would be a way to have a dashboard or anything like that, that would be specific to 
um, to MMTC. And so we were waiting, um, you know, last year that, that whole um, procedure of developing um, performance measures around the strategic plan was ongoing. And, and she had recommended that we wait and see, you know, of that, how, you know, how we might be able to pull out uh, the existing items out of out of that uh, strategic plan, um, and there are performance measures in the, you know, in the bike plan, and then transportation twenty, you know, now twenty fifty, that that apply to um, to MMTC and the work that we do. So that that whole that work last year got put on hold. Now whether there's something that we can still do, you know, as since they're further along in that process, whether there's something that we can move forward on, I'm not sure, but but yeah, that's that was the reason for the delay last year, um, that it was just conflicting with what was going on in the strategic plan. Jessica, do you have any comments on that as sort of the keeper of the metrics? So I think most all of those things are still true in the sense that if you look at the city strategic plan website, you'll see at most in most cases, two years of data presented. And so 2022 hasn't been updated yet. Um, for all of the MPO based plans, we have on course for work plans, performance updates to performance reporting. I think, you know, our, some of our conversations previously have been even just familiarity with those and encouraging members to spend some time and get familiar with the data in already that exists within those plans um, because there's a lot of stuff already there. Um, and, and it's mostly probably everything that's available currently um, to us um, without a significant amount of investment and time and energy to acquire or purchase more data at this point um, that, that, that that exists there. So. I'm happy to have a conversation about anything specifically. I'm happy to go back if you want to do, you know, subcommittee work. I think it just depends where you feel that falls. The key that's going to be for the city of Lawrence for the budget process and identifying targets to move is going to be things that are the KPIs, the key performance indicators on the strategic plan. So those are the ones that the city has invested their energy in tracking and um, working towards addressing through the budget. Um, and so those are probably the ones that you would want to pay the most attention to in that regard. I just don't know how familiar everyone is with all of those. Those, you know, we've pulled them out at a previous, you know, in previous work retreats and asked about other measures. Of course, I think there's a lot as from committee members, you have lots of ideas about things that would be really great to, for us to know operationally. Um, oftentimes those things are not things that are data points that are available to us. So it makes it challenging, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, there are a lot of, a lot of data there that, are very useful to, to our work. And, but I guess my concern all along has been it's, it's so, you know, for the public to have, be able to see, you know, if they're interested in transportation and particularly multimodal transportation, just a way for them to see that separate from all the others that exist, because those are all good, um, but it's fairly, it's not very visible to the public, I think. It's not very outpacing. And so that, that's been my question. Is is there a way without creating a whole you know, big work effort that, that could improve that situation? 
That, yeah, and I think that's a matter of having conversations with other people who are responsible for that work. Mm-hmm. So that might be that might be an objective for the year is just to start those conversations in this year. Since you know, I feel like there's there's you know there may be other data that would be useful, but there's a there's enough there that it would satisfy most people's interests in. in in uh, multimodal transportation. And so just a way of, of providing that to the public more readily. So maybe we could have as an as a, uh, an objective, uh, yes, it, this would be more of the uh, task um, would be to, um, you know, just have a, have a conversation with staff who are responsible for those and see if there, if there's any way within the, within reason to, to make that in a format that people could identify. And I, and I can understand that. I know there's backend work happening on, on improvements to lots of dashboards. We talked about it a little bit in relationship to asset management um, and other things. And that's just outside of the scope of where I know where they're at on some of those status updates. So we can follow up with that. Okay, great. As to this particular line item, um, it sounds like we're between a couple of things. So Charlie recommended maybe striking the whole thing. Pat, it sounds like you're maybe leaning towards keeping at least some of it for now. Um, I guess based on the conversation that just happened about Jessica maybe providing an update soon as a as a staff update or something, where do we see this this item going? What I would say is, so we want to leave number one and maybe what's now labeled as number three, move that up to number two, which is for all of us to review those performance indicators in the, um, on, in the strategic, in the city's strategic plan. And then a third one would be just what, you know, Jessica mentioned was, you know, investigating whether uh, we can talk to, you know, talk to staff about um, other ways of displaying that data that would be more available to the, the transportation data that would be more available to the public or more visible to the public. Apparently, since your comment was sort of in a different direction, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts at this point. Um, well, that I just, I, my thought was more around, it felt like there wasn't a lot of, um, so if the current, if the, if the city's already got a set of metrics that they're elevating, or the strategic plan. One consideration is the way that they're organized isn't around particular topics. Um, or maybe it's like, how does that information become easier for the public to consume? And I, I just feel like that's probably outside of our scope. If the other space for me would be, are there metrics that are not captured in the city's strategic planning work that we think would help us in guiding our our work and i'm i'm unclear about what those might be and if it would even be worth the effort to um like try to elevate anything else so it feels like the city's already committed to a, a number of metrics and our 
we we should be responsible um, as MMTC members to be familiar with those. Um, I guess I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced that there's a lot of space for us to impact like the measures that are in that existing system or develop a separate you know dashboard if you will. So I'm I'm just kind of I guess I'm pretty satisfied with what's already happening and don't see much room for us to change that. So, and if we're looking at the, you know, as we've gone through these, I feel like we've kind of backed off kind of the aspirational nature of some of these. And this one feels kind of similar, like it will be wonderful. We had lots of resources that we could create, you know, MMTC dashboard and people could look at it and feel like they know what the heck we're up to. But that feels like this is probably not the right time to be getting staff resources to do that kind of work. And then I'm left going, well, who's who's on our commission that's going to do that work? Um, and would that even be appropriate? So does that help you? Yes, I'm wondering like if anyone else has an idea, because Pat and I both were on this committee and we're <laughs> and it hasn't there hasn't really been any work because the city is doing most of the work and whether we're satisfied with that, I guess is the question. But I don't know that even if we were not satisfied that we would have a lot of influence over changing it. Unless there's really something that we think is missing, but I'm I'm still kind of in a, let's just pay attention and watch and see. Um, it, it's hard to get your head around it. Maybe there's, Maybe the space for this would be a study session to go over to review the indicators that are relevant to the work that we do. That way, we at least can have a better discussion about this. Yeah, I don't know if that helps. Like one thing that comes to mind is I'm always trying to think about how much, like percentage-wise, how much of our priority network is complete, mm -hmm. and like how far do we have to go. And I know we've probably been presented that at some point, but. I mean, I think that'd be a really helpful dashboard to even bring up that I'm, uh, I don't know, probably not monthly, but biannually, like what's the dashboard at now? It's been six months, you know what I mean? Probably be a good topic for the retreat we didn't have. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm kind of torn on this one. Jessica, do you have any thoughts after hearing kind of the back and forth? of uh, I guess how deep we could dive into this? Well, I think there's a lot there. And I think probably for most members there, they have not spent a lot of time familiarizing themselves with what's there. And so I think it probably would benefit us to go back and refresh all of our memories about the two dashboards that do exist around the GIS-based mapping that has been produced around the bike ped projects from your five-year bike ped CIP stuff and all of the measures in um, those, whether that's KPIs or from the specific mode plan, modal plans um, to kind of go back and look at those. Um, I would say based on workload, you're not going to see more than a once a year update to those process, to the many of those measures. Like we get data once a year, like crash data is a good example in terms of final reporting. And 
being able to look at that and query those against the measures that exist. Um, but I think a study session is a good point, a good point place to start. And then I think, like Charlie had said, if there's additional things you realize at that point, a feedback you want to give in regards to any of those items, that's an opportunity to provide that feedback and we can try to work to address whatever the issue might be. Okay. So based on what I'm hearing, here's just kind of an idea for this line. So what if we would change the title and say, measure progress of MMTC relevant, you know, performance indicators, you know, towards plants or something. Cause it's, I feel like it's not so much the progress of us as the MMTC towards these plans. It's more like keep apprised of, of the metrics and the plans that are telling us how well we're, um, you know, we're actually getting there. So like, you know, track progress and metrics. So, you know, obviously keep option or item one there, update the year, easy enough. I think item two and three could probably go for right now, maybe come back later, depending on what we hear and kind of how the year goes. And then three, change that to, you know, review and become familiar with um, relevant transportation plans and the associated metrics because like you were listing off all the various ones right the pedestrian plan bike plan t2050 strategic plan we have a whole bunch of these and and then on top of that the gis map and what damon was saying the percent completed of the whatever network so um i don't know if we need to list all those out explicitly but well, I mean, I think we do in the when we have the study session, we will make sure we provide all those to you and okay. tell you where to find them all. And that's mm -hmm. a good segue to change what that current bullet point is in the red to maybe a green study session for metrics and plans, which is a good year for this because as we're, you know, we're kind of in a rebuilding year, right? Moving all the way down to five or six members and we're slowly getting back up to a full roster. So, you know, instead of a retreat, this might be a, a good way to kind of bring people on board to where we've been and where we're planning on going. Pat, is that okay with what you're envisioning? Yeah, yeah that sounds okay. great. I realize that's not exactly what you proposed, but I was hoping. Well, I think that's a good start because like Jessica said, I mean, there are lots of performance metrics out there. I mean, the first step is make sure that we're all familiar with it. Then um, you know, my concern in terms of the rest of the community being able to find those is was beyond that. So <laughs> start with this. Yeah. Michael, I, I see you. Oh, sorry. Pat, I just don't want you to think we're ignoring that that no. issue. I think we're that we're aware of that. It's a timing, it's a capacity, it's a you know, it's a responsibility question. And I think it's on the list. It's just a matter of where it gets prioritized. Sure, sure. I understand that. And you know, it's not just transportation, it's all the other systems of the city that probably want the same kind of thing. So um, yeah, I understand that total. Yeah. This might be oversimplifying the um, this, but I know I, I don't have the right computer with me today, but the I have bookmarks in, you know, my browser and they're pointing me to those resources that you guys have shared with us. And yet I just thought, well, let me go to look through the MMTC's page where our agendas are posted. And there is a there is a, a list of online resources. It's got a link to one page. I just wondered, like, would it be as easy as at least um, putting a few more of those 
resources that you guys have shared with us, just adding those into this page. So at least we have it centralized. I, I don't know the name of those maps, but I know the um, they're using the Esri platform and there's, uh, you know, three that come to mind. One is the interactive map and then there's one that's essentially a dashboard for the bike projects, one for the pet, pet projects. So those are three that come like immediately from my bookmark list at home that would be easy enough to just throw in there. It doesn't get to measures, but it yeah. gets to. If you uh, want to find anybody who wants to find those maps, go to on the Transportation Commission agendas, the March 7th. 2020 agenda and in the study session is the link to those maps. There you go. So like, could we just maybe put those links yeah. on this page? I think that's a, That'd be yeah. a first step. Cause I'm thinking even like those of you that are new or haven't maybe didn't go to that meeting, like these are a good year round, like all the time resources that I tend to turn to when I'm, you know, studying before a meeting. And if the public has them, I mean, we could potentially the public has input on those things too, but um, it doesn't get to like the list of KPIs for that. I think most of them that are related from the strategic plan are going to be under connected cities. And then of course the MPO has a whole lot of other ways we could, you know, maybe link. So I just think that might be before a study session, it would just be kind of put the hyperlinks on here so that we at least feel like we're a little more, um, the information is more accessible to the commission and the, obviously then the public. And that, if we have time for a study session, that'd be great too. But I would say just a simpler, simpler step would be add some of those resources to this page. Is that, how, how do you guys think about that? I That's mean. Great. Yeah, I think it shows what, you know, we're using those tools for one decision. That is important. Should we put a potential study session on there anyway, just I guess it, in case sure. maybe it's not super easy for new members to navigate it, you know, almost like a, like a quick orientation, like what we probably would have had at a retreat and say like, and all the resources are linked on our website. So mm -hmm. let's go from there. Um, Jessica, you said it was the May meeting last year? Uh, March. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's got the hyperlinks for. Yeah, I know we went through this and, you know, so it could be a refresher of that or since we already had it, maybe it's just putting those resources on our page. But I'm happy with the study session too. All right, so Jessica, it sounds like you got direction on this particular line. Um, just as a quick aside, Michael, I see your hand and we are gonna do public comment for this, but if you could maybe um, hold off until we are done going through this, th this list, and then I think that might be a, a good time to kind of stop and see if there's any general comments on all the lines that we've gone through. So, because who knows, there might be some other stuff that you want to talk about on these, these other lines. Okay. Uh, the next one is participate in Lawrence Douglas County planning processes. Okay. So let's see. We're already doing the first one. That's easy enough. Oh, wait. No, and the second one too. Yeah. And the third one. So, all right. I, the third one's done. So I don't know about the pedestrian plan. <clears throat> that, that was at least that steering committee is done. I think the pedestrian plan has been adopted now. Is that right? Okay. 
Um, so I feel like since we've run through the three action items here, but participating in the planning process, these are still important. Here's what I propose. And this is something I, I wanted to go over at the retreat and now is as good a time as any. I think what I would like to see at least for a line like this is something more along the lines of, you know, continue to, I don't know, in very layman's terms, continue to drive home the link between land use and transportation. I don't know how to make that a good topic necessarily, and it's not as discreet as what's currently there, but in in our participation in the code update steering committee and our previous talks on engineering standards, I feel like there's maybe a good opportunity this year to try to dig a little bit deeper in that. Um, and also as, as has recently been set up with the, geez, what are we calling that? Like the intersection guidelines that, um, was it Trek who got those together for us? Sorry, memory's failing me. This is just last month, but it was Trek, right? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, the it was like the bike pedestrian intersection design recommendations that will probably be integrated into the engineering standards in some way, shape, or form. At the same time, we're going to be looking at things like parking standards um, and maybe subdivision regulations as the code update progresses. What may not be a part of that, but should be because it's not in their in their scope, is going to be stuff like you know. Like taking a good hard look at street widths or bicycle lanes. Are we okay with still doing, you know, painted stripes or are we going to say, no, we're actually going to require that we need protected or separated or, you know, some sort of different bike lanes as a minimum standard. So um, I think a lot of that's all going to be swirling around with this code update. So I would propose that, that this line be about, kind of, you know, kind of inserting transportation much more into the land use talk. So I guess that being said, I think we could probably eliminate these three items and almost just start from scratch with some some potential action items that could further those goals I just said. But before I start doing that, any comments, any objections? I don't want to just you know run roughshod over the committee's ideas. Since I don't see any body language at this resolution, I'm just going to wait a minute or two. <laughs> but if really nobody wants to respond, I can just start and I guess you can start commenting once you maybe see what I'm getting at here. So I guess the first one would be to continue to participate in the, you know, in the LDC update steering committee. I think that's, that's probably a pretty obvious action item that it, it's already underway, but we're going to keep doing it because I'm ready for the long haul. I think the second one would be, um, you know, basically take a look at the engineering design standards for things like streets, sidewalks, intersections, and just, you know, really kind of take a you know, geek out and really look at them and see how they, how they sort of um, fit into our, our plans to try to meet plan 2040 by building denser, building more walkable places, enabling more mixed use, but also probably cutting down on parking requirements. You know, how are we helping or hindering that by the engineering standards that that everything that's not parcels has to deal with? And I know we've talked about this before in either a study session or not. I think one of them I probably missed entirely, but 
now that we're at the point of probably trying to integrate those new intersection guidelines into the engineering standards, if I think that's what's happening, then maybe that's the conversation to be had. So Jake or Dustin, I don't know if you if you're the guys to talk to about this or if that's a Dave thing. Yeah, but, I believe I believe it was Dave's intent to incorporate those into the de design criteria. And I think he spoke to that at the, the last meeting of the meeting before that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. So do you think that's going to be done this year? And if so, maybe once it's done, if there's a, a draft or something, maybe that would be the impetus for an, an agenda item. I don't know. A draft of? Of, I guess, the revised engineering design standards, or are they going to be incorporated, like, just tacked on to, to the end of them? Yeah, they're, they're going to be an appendix. Okay. Hmm. All right, well, I'd be curious to hear from other members of the commission if if this is something of interest that you do want to look into, because it is a lot more technical than some of the stuff that we look at. But I feel like a lot of these numbers on paper do make a big difference in how we, you know, approach projects. I, I, so I would, I'd like to learn more about what that process looks like, because I, we've had plenty of meetings where, you know, we kind of get into this kind of question like how should how wide should roads be that kind of thing so i guess i'm not sure what the current status is if we were to you know rewind the clock and go back to the 19th street project like has anything changed policy wise or um are we still still have the same design guidelines and i'm not sure how often those get updated i know they they get authorized, I thought, by the city commission, and that's how they become then official and give us guidance on how to, you know, what the community should expect. So if it goes, there's a process where it's going to go to the city commission, then it would seem appropriate to come to us as part of that process. I think Dave has mentioned in the past that they get updated yearly or at least looked at yearly. Jake, does that... that that is correct. So the, the the design standards, the design specifications, design criteria all gets updated on annual basis, usually at the end or start of the year. Uh, we do a process where we incorporate feedback throughout the year, make changes, send it out to our design consultants and contractors for comment, and then we report it back with the report back the revised documents to the city commission um, on a city manager's report. That's how it's been done recently. And when does that typically happen in a, in a usual year? Yeah, at the beginning of the year. Okay. Would it be possible to get, um, I don't know, like a list of what's changed? I, I feel like that'd be interesting just to kind of see what's going on that we don't see until we bump up against it. Um, that There is a change document on the design criteria page that documents the changes from the previous year. Okay. The, that is helpful. I was not aware of that. So, um, okay. So that information's out there. I don't really know what to do with that. Where is that information kept? Pardon me? Where is that information kept? Uh, it should be on the MSO webpage, um, standards and specifications. Yeah. I feel like I do remember seeing this before. There we go. 2023 update summary details. Sweet. Okay. It's a lot. Okay. Um, and typically this is just something that the city does, or I guess the MSO staff on their own, and then promulgates those changes to contractors, like you were saying. And then the city approves it every year. 
yeah, it's feedback throughout the year, no matter who it comes from, if it's staff or contractors or engineering consultants, we, we you know, aggregate that through the course of the year, discuss it as a group and decide what changes we think are needed. Then we send it back to that community for feedback. Okay. Would the MMTC be considered part of the community? And I guess where I'm going with this is what if we did an agenda item where we tried to do a little bit of a deeper dive in this and say, okay, if we, if there's anything that we want to change, I'm not saying there is or recommendations, then we could, you know, have an action vote as a group and say, you know, the MMTC as an entity would support a revision X, Y, and Z. Um, and then whether or not you take that into account is up to you, but it would maybe just kind of slot in with all of what the contractors and others would have recommended. I think that's something we could take to the city engineer and get his feedback on, on how we'd like to see that process play out. Okay. So I guess in that case, until until Dave's back, I don't know if we can really do too much with this particular uh, line item then, other than maybe just leave some kind of placeholder. I don't know. Um, some kind of placeholder in that we would like to, to have more input into how engineering design standards work with planning, you know, processes and like how we're going to try to meet the goals of plan 2040. Hmm. So my only concern with that is like, I feel like that's not really planning. It's more policy. And um, this, this row is really like, what are the planning processes that we need to anticipate um, potential involvement in? And I don't know, I guess I would imagine like staff has a good sense of what's going to happen this year and where our input would be useful. That feels like planning to me. The design guidelines, I mean, for many years, it's been done this same way. And if we're asking to just on one level, just be more familiar with it, um, maybe that turns into a study session. But if we're trying to suggest there should be some change to that, then that feels more like a policy matter. And I, yeah. I don't know if it fits here or if you need to just rework the left-hand column. So it's maybe more inclusive of policy and planning. Yeah. So I think when I started this, this lines kind of spiel, I was saying, I don't think that this title is really going to hold based on what okay. I'm interested in. Um, so I, I agree with you on that one. It's not really just planning processes. It, it's, it, it's more of the connection between land use and transportation. Um, and, and some of that is code. Some of that is planning. So, um, I don't know how to reword it appropriately, but since we have a transportation planner on our, who's taking notes, I'm, I'm hoping you might have some better suggestions that, cause I'm, I'm kind of coming up, coming up empty here. I literally just wrote connecting transportation and land use because above you have another one that's like established the connection between climate action and transportation. Uh, mm -hmm. Should have scrolled up. Yep. Okay. I was just trying to make them similar in that sense. Once you said it was about connecting the, those two issues. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I realize it may be, I don't know, what's the word, a futile effort. I mean, if it turns out that perhaps MMTC is not really equipped to make proper, you know, comments and suggestions on the engineering design standards. But on the other hand, I feel like this is, this is the year that it would happen if it was ever going to happen. Because while, while the land development code is 
mostly going to be around like processes and zoning and uses and everything. It is also going to be around dimensional standards as well. So like if we're trying to make walkable neighborhoods by having maybe smaller setbacks and less separation between houses, maybe higher building heights, you know, maybe having smaller streets is part of that as well. I mean, it's wonderful having a mixed use district, but if it sucks across the street, there's only so far that zoning can go before transportation has to do some of the rest of the work. So um, that's why I'm I'm going to try to push this if we can. So Jessica, I I know that's enough information to really write some down. And sorry, I just got somebody off. Who? Oh, it was Hillary. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, the connection between land use and transportation planning is really important. As I'm looking at the design standards document, the changes, it's really technical. I mean, it's engineering uh, expertise, I think, is required to be able to read and interpret those um, those changes. And some of them aren't relevant to the MMTC's work. It looks like, you know, things like drainage or, um, you know, sewer systems, right? But there are a few items where it seems like it would be relevant to um, the MMTC's work and um, whether we're equipped to respond with comments or not, I think it remains to be seen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, probably 90 to 95% of what's in those is not really our thing. I mean, that's like subsurface infrastructure and grading and, and yeah, that's not us at all. But that is where, where street lane widths and um, curb, curb to curb, um, or is it gutter to gutter? I forget how it's set, but like, you know, basically everything in between the buildings is also in there. So that's why I think it, it could be of importance. Yeah. All right, have we gone over this one enough? Is, I mean, I don't know what we can do in terms of study sessions at, at this point. It may just have to be a staff update on what the city engineer thinks we could do in terms of involvement, if anything. And I think at some point we, we will probably want a study session on the land development code update simply because a lot of things are going to be happening, but that may become a lot later in the year. Jessica, is that enough for um, Comments and notes. Okay. I think so. All right. Well, if everybody's good with it, we'll go into our final one, bicycle safety and bike education. So promote safe routes to school is vague enough that I can say we've done that and we're still doing it. I mean, it's not very, uh, it's not what you would call that. What's that acronym? SMART. It's not really a SMART goal, right? Um, measurable, achievable, whatever those acronyms are. <laughs> Do we want to keep it as is or change it to something more specific? And Charlie, I'll probably turn to you on this one because I feel like you're kind of the champion here. Well, thanks, Nick. I think um, in terms of did we get this done last year, I feel like we did. Um, I guess it might have not been exactly last year, but I do feel like we did recently spend time on this issue and I, I kind of ended it feeling like for now, I feel like we did what we can do. I'm not sure. I didn't have a clear sense of next steps. I mean, I was intrigued by the idea that there might be a, a way to put a dollar, you know, a, a dollar amount on the safe routes plan. So we'd have a clear message about what's the barrier for implementation of the plan. Um, but without the 
without the school district being any more engaged. It just felt like, you know, we're probably not going to make a lot of progress. <clears throat> and clearly there's not a pot of money sitting around waiting to be used. So my thought is there was a lot of value to getting really clear about the Lawrence loop and how much of it was completed, how much needed to be done. And then those were translated into really, I mean, this is going back several years, but it was, it started with a slow process of creating that idea that there could be a loop and then thinking about what's the gap. You know, we didn't have plans in place for the entire, all the gaps, but it slowly, you know, plans got put in place. Estimates were created. And as we, you know, chipped away, that project is getting closer to completion so that now we can even look at the CIP and say, it's in sight. You know, we're, we're see, we see the end of that. And it's not as clear to me that Safe Routes has the same um, kind of path forward. And I think, well, could we start to get to the idea like we need X amount of dollars to finish the infrastructure improvements and we need X amount of dollars annually to create the encouragement and education components. And I don't know that I walked away from those conversations feeling like, yeah, that'll be, that's the answer. <clears throat> but it just feels like Safe Routes is a work in progress and it's unclear what the what the end game looks like to me. So I felt like, let's just have some talk about it. So if we were gonna like keep it here, I would say, you know, for this year, I don't know that we can expect anything different, but at well, some I would point, say for this year, based on the school closures, we have to update all of the route impacted schools and routes based on the safe routes to school plan. So, yeah, I mean, and that, and that's a, uh, I mean, but it's clearly, reactionary, right? Yeah, there's, there's work. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I totally agree. There's work to be done. What's missing is the sense of how far are we from feeling like we've really nailed this and it's a point of pride. We know it matters to people. Um, and I feel like we've really made progress on the infrastructure side, but on the education, it's less clear. And especially given all the things in the school district that are under the microscope in terms of what should get funded, you know, it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden we decide, well, we can't afford to keep teaching fourth and fifth graders how to ride bikes. And that's something that I don't even know the public understands. Like, and I'm still left, well, my kids aren't in fourth and fifth grade now, so I can't verify that it's actually happening. <clears throat> and then, so, but that idea that we've got to a point where school districts or schools have access to bicycles and that they have a curriculum, there's a whole new curriculum that was um, developed that gets even deeper into encouraging all modes, you know, has transit in there. And I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, but it doesn't, I don't know, like, is that going to be five years of work, two, 20? And it, it feels like partly it's because we haven't committed the resources to see it happen in a, in a, you know, really progressive way. So that's kind of what I was thinking is, is this a $500,000 problem? Is it a $50,000 problem? And I'm not sure I understand that yet. I know we commit for the crossing guards, you know, about $120,000 a year. So are we 
if we were to commit, if we were to at least not commit, because that's not our authority, but if we got clear, clarity that the real cost of an effective safe routes program is 180,000, just throwing out a number to, as an illustration, that means we're 60,000 short of being able to fund safe routes champions at every school and those champions have a job description. The district feels like they can hire and manage those staff. I mean, I'm just throwing this up. I don't have a clue what, how to do it, but I just feel like at the end of the day, if this is just a matter of putting money into it and hiring the right people, that feels like a project that people can understand and then they can advocate for that. And that's a question ultimately to the city commission. Is it important? Does it fit into our city's strategic interests to have um, more kids safely walking and biking and busing to school? Or are we a community that's committed to every kid gets to school in a car? I don't think we are. I mean, yeah, kind of we are. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what we're doing. But if we really asked ourselves, that would not be our aspiration. So are we is this a problem of like we can't imagine the way to get there or is it just that we haven't committed the resources or I don't know. So that's kind of where I was trying to go with like, let's get a little more operational. Like what is the next step that would feel like kind of like the Lawrence loop. There's a point where it started to feel like we really knew we could make this happen with safe routes. I don't feel that yet. I feel like clearly opportunistic every grant that comes around, you know, we're getting proposals and it's like, that sounds great, but there's a whole other piece that's not about infrastructure that we tend to, we're just kind of waiting around for it. And I wonder, you know, is that ever going to be enough? And if the school district isn't really the kind of partner that is needed, then what else can we do? Because ultimately I think of it as you know, I've looked at other cities that have walking programs that are managed by Parks and Rec, and they have essentially neighborhood walking programs with walking leaders that walk people in their neighborhoods around their neighborhood. Well, it doesn't take a lot to think about that as, okay, what if you had that program happening in the morning and the afternoon, and it's involving kids, which our Parks and Rec department actually engages lots of kids. So again, then it comes back to just how do we get creative? How do we think about helping parents feel like they can have confidence in a program that helps their kids get to school and get home? That's ultimately what it's about. Why we choose to drive is because it's it's the safest way to do it. And maybe it's, I don't think it's convenient, honestly. I think mostly it's people who are afraid to let their kids walk on their own. I mean, believe me, when I'm having my kids do it, I, I know that I'm taking some risk. Um, and I'm, you know, now I'm pushing, like, take the bus. I got a text today. I get it all every day. I get, Can you pick us up today? It's like, no, go get the bus, the city bus, because we're two, 2.3 miles, which is too far, too close for the school district to give our, you know, to use the bus. So I'm like, all right, well, it's time for you to learn how to use the public transit, which isn't like New York City level, but it's good enough for you to get around town as a middle schooler, in my mind. So that's like, how do we do our part as a commission to advance safe routes? So, because we know the community supports it, we support it, but we got to get more concrete. It's kind of my hope. And I don't know where to go, because honestly, that the 
sessions we had, it felt like we were all kind of like disappointed with the school district and who can blame them right now? They got a lot going on. So, um, so I, I guess keeping it there is probably a safe bet for now, but it's not enough to just do the work that staff's already going to do. We have to do something else. Like the commission needs to do something else because I don't think there's enough resources, honestly, to make this any different than what it currently is. Do you think there's a need for committee here? I mean, I hesitate to always do the committee option, but as you know, as I look at the next page, almost everything on there is is either done or we're not going to do it this year. So there might be room for it. I mean, yeah, we're we're hurting for commissioners right now, but I mean, other than the land development code update that I'm on and the climate action plan that Damon's on, I think that's it in in terms of current committee involvement. Am I missing something, anybody? Well, there is a. There is a committee, you know, for Save Rasta School, and it seems like us creating another one would be would be overstepping. You know, maybe there's there might be something that we can do to help support them, but I'm not sure that creating a another committee is really the really the answer. I agree. I just, I mean, if the school's not going to pull their weight, like Charlie was saying, like like what, you know, to I don't know how else we would support and not do multiple study sessions on this to try to come up with a new idea. I don't know. Is the Safe Rooster to, uh, to School Committee housed within the school district or within the city? It's a, a multi-member um, committee that's all <clears throat> the staff that are involved in the work. <clears throat> and they have a, you know, plan that they're using. I mean, it's, they've, it's certainly a le legitimate, they're all in. And what we asked for was some assessment of what's the what's missing like do you need a budget and you know, how far are we in getting the sense that it's it's 100% what we want and i think we didn't really get clear answer to some of those questions especially in regards to what's the school district's um ability to do the pieces that they're kind of tasked to do and i mean we all watch the news, listen, you know, read the news. I mean, they're obviously, prior, they have a lot of other priorities. So it's kind of like, is maybe the approach we need to take different? I don't know. And our role is pretty limited. Like, you know, we're, we're going to help with any time there's an infrastructure project <clears throat> proposal, it's going to come through here and we're obviously going to support it. Um, it's the things that are outside of infrastructure that we have even less involvement in, mm -hmm. yet in the public square, like we have a role to play in championing the the effort, um, I think, and more than just the uh, piece of the city has taken so far. Because the city's already done, I mean, it, really the heavy lifting has been by the city, like all the safe routes, um, grants that they've gotten the um, continued investment in school crossing guards. I mean, those things are, you know, kind of like locked in. I was throwing out before we had the study session, like maybe the safe, the school crossing guards aren't the best way to spend 120. Like, who knows? If we asked the schools what they would want, but if you can't get the schools engaged to have that conversation, then, and I was doing that mostly to just, you know, kind of prod some discussion. I don't think we want to get rid of the crossing guards, but 
but we might need to do more that does look like hiring more people or putting some money into it. And I don't know what that dollar amount is. Mm -hmm. The thing that's most tangible when you kind of look at their plan is uh, walking school buses. And that's just supervised uh, groups of kids that can walk yeah. you know, to school together where you're, you're whoever the conductor is, I guess, you know, a trained volunteer adult is shows up and they're right outside your door. You let your kid out. They join the group. They have a great time walking to school. Yeah. I mean, ostensibly the school district has a, a commitment to equity on paper, right? And I think my sense, and I've been following the school closures really closely, is that they're not thinking, they're closing Title I schools, and they're not thinking about how very low income students are going to get from Pickney to Deerfield or from Broken Arrow, if they live in the Broken Arrow neighborhood, crossing 23rd Street to get to Schwegler or Cord Lane. And so I think it is a, it's a really important issue, particularly for very low income students whose parents aren't driving them to school or can't drive them to school. And so I think our voice on the MMTC, at least speaking in some capacity to the school board about the issue is important um, because it's, I mean, it, it's just, I think it, it's not even thought of when these these school closures are come up for discussion is my sense. Yeah. I'm very passionate about this issue. I joined- Oh, I appreciate that. I, I joined this <laughs> mission because I do it for my kids. You know, I'm, I'm taking time away from my family because I believe passionately about this issue and I want them to have safe options and able to being able to get around the city um, on foot or on bike or on the bus. So well, short establishing a full committee. I mean, we have at least two people on this commission who are passionate about this. I don't think it takes a vote to just allow people to, you know, two or three to meet offline and just to discuss maybe something specific and see if they can come up with something. Cause I feel like that's where we're going, but I don't know if we're necessarily going to get there tonight as to what our steps should be and what the next action items are, you know, what committees, if any, what study sessions need to be taken. So I don't know. How do you all feel about just um, maybe putting a pin in this right now and and trying to have some of the more passionate people meet offline to try to figure out how how we can use our, our voice and resources to try to get the school district to I don't know, do more or just figure out some creative ideas that maybe haven't been thought of, like the walking school bus, for example. I don't know. Without overstepping the actual SOTS committee. <clears throat> well, I mean, Jeff has already pointed out the work that they're going to have to do in response to changing the school boundaries. So I think um, probably there's something on this work plan related to, you know, the um, supporting that effort, but then I, don't know, I, I guess I'm thinking you could leave it as generic as it is now for most of school. Uh, maybe the, if you want to be more specific, uh, having a committee would help with that, but I'd, I'd rather just leave it pretty wide open. Just knowing that just this discussion here, we think we've, we've all gotten clear that there's work that'll happen this year. We should expect to see that at some point and that the program needs are, we need to be champions for it. So. Okay. 
agree. Jessica, is that reasonable? I think we'll. I think we should probably still strike number two because that that's done. Um, mm -hmm. And then number three. I think we did this last time. The bicycle friendly community application. I don't know how your turn ended up all the way down here. This doesn't seem like the right line for that, but we can probably strike that as well. Is the bike friendly community application was that done last year? Is that what you're saying? It's not done every year. Is it coming up, Jessica? I can't remember. We had a study session where we brought you the reports. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure that we're going to continue to apply after our last conversation. Yeah, I, I, I feel like to me it became clear like what's separating us from the next level, and I didn't have a sense that we were committed to moving to the next level. So then it's kind of a question of, is it helpful to even stay status quo? Mm. And I don't know, you guys, I don't know who else is in that conversation, but it didn't, it, it wasn't clear to me like, oh, if we just do these two or three things, we're gonna get there. There was a pretty big gap between us and getting up to the, I think we're at bronze right now. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So, like the on-street bike lanes was a big deal. And I know we haven't, I think our commission, we haven't all agreed on that issue. You know, like I'm a, I'm a big believer that there's still a role for bike lanes, but I, I feel like overwhelmingly we've opted to not put bike lanes um, because it's not always comfortable to the majority of people that ride bikes. So if by policy we're pushing toward shared use paths or protected bike lanes, if those ever can be made possible. Um, we're essentially deciding there that we're not gonna try to move up the ladder for the silver des designation for bike friendly communities. Charlie, are you saying that on-street bike lanes were what was holding us back or what would get us to the next level? I'm not sure I caught that. I, I, I don't, I'd have to pull up my notes, but it was like when you compare, um, we compared like silver versus bronze. There were some data points that that one was dramatically different. Like communities that are silver, the amount of on-street bikes bike lanes they have is significantly higher than ours. And mm. our approach has been to kind of move away from that. Okay. Um, because they're not the most comfortable or they're not, they're not comfortable to the majority of riders. So um, mm. it feels like we're kind of at odds with like they don't recognize a shared use path as a bike, a bike way. Yeah. So our approach is not going to curry favor with that hmm. recognition program. It sounds yeah, like it's sort of a corollary to what you're saying is that perhaps one of our action items should be to kind of review what MMTC's stance is on recommended bike lane geometry, I guess, morphology, what we think the accepted because I think you're right. I don't know if we've really come to a consensus on that. And it may not be a bad idea to to visit that in a in a dedicated discussion rather than, you know, um as sort of a reactionary thing to during a, a during a different agenda item. And then I that might be worth it. Yeah. I mean yeah, I, I guess I feel like we have maybe decided. And I know I'm, you know, not in a majority, so I, I mean, I could still be swayed either way. I, I'm not I'm not fully sold on it, but I, I feel like it would merit discussion, especially because we have new members, and I don't think we've ever officially voted on this. 
And if we did, then that would be a recommendation to incorporate that into the engineering to design standards, I think. I think um, so. Well, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you that it probably could use more discussion um, to hear, hear out the different merits of, you know, bike lanes. I mean, it's just, it, yeah, we always go into this space whenever we have a project to review. And um, even on the street maintenance, you know, we got into that with Monterey. And Haskell. So, yeah, and Haskell, yep. Yeah, I do think it would be good to kind of, you know, visit that in dedicated uh, sessions. So I guess if, if everybody's cool with it, I might recommend adding that as an action item. And then maybe... I don't know if this is in a, I guess it would be an agenda item almost if, if we would have to kind of decide as a group and vote on it as a recommendation to incorporate in the street design standards if we are, I guess, allowed to make those recommendations. So, hmm. I think we'd start with a study session. Okay. And be an agenda item. And then with the study session, it could be maybe a bit more open forum and invite like Sustainability Action Network and Live Well Lawrence or Live Well, whatever they're called now. Um, in a flat, whoever else is a bike advocate, but also people who aren't bike advocates who maybe are the demographics that are kind of falling through the cracks that aren't cyclists yet, but could be if things were easier, you know? I feel like that's often part that gets left out of the discussion, like like my in-laws, you know? They are they have bikes, they like to bike, they don't feel safe biking. So at this point, they're not gonna be a part of a bike advocate group yet. So, um. Okay, so shall we add that as an action item and uh, propose study session for bike lane philosophy, <laughs> I guess? You know, I, you, as you throw that out there, I was thinking about, we didn't do uh, your turn last year. And I would be, I think this might be a space to do your turn. I'd like to know the perspective of different groups on bike lanes. I know we, we've heard from some pretty vocally, so. That's true, it doesn't have to be just uh, it can just be. The Lawrence yeah. Bicycle Club, I'd, I'd be curious you know, I'm assuming they would be in favor of bike lanes. Um, okay. But I don't know. I mean, it'd be helpful to hear perspectives of the different groups. What are yeah. the your, your turn forums? So it's something we did once and we all <laughs> kind of liked it. Essentially, we turn over the meeting to a group of, uh, we invite different groups to come in and address us, give them a topic and ask them to kind of educate us as they want to around whatever the issue is. And it was a nice way to kind of do a community engagement, you know, giving them the public square for a moment to share their thoughts. It was somewhat structured in that they had a set of three or four questions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. They asked them to address, and then of course they could address other things as well, but nice. that sounds great. It yeah, was a decent amount of work to put together then. Yeah, it was, the, it was the December meeting, the last meeting of the year, or was it the beginning? It was, I think it was the meeting that I first came on. Yeah, the okay. first meeting I came on. Yeah. I think we all enjoyed the experience and then thought, let's do that again. And we, ne we didn't do it again. So. so maybe, Nick, this is something you could identify some of those groups and. Yeah. I think because I helped organize it before I had a kid and now I have two, so I'm going to need some help for sure because it was a lot of work coordinating all these folks. Okay. Um, so we can add that as an agenda item and then, you know, figure out later how to actually do it. Jessica, is that enough direction to get stuff or I don't think we need to recap, do we? 
Okay. Any other um, lines you think we should add or shall we go to public comment for right now and then get back to this later? So the only thing that's not in the, like we're kind of just reviewing last year's and then tweaking it, but the comment Jessica made at the end of the study session, just kind of pointing us towards the committee that's reviewing the advisory board structure for the city. I, I feel like um, that's gonna be really relevant to us. The uh, likelihood that this commission is gonna be um, essentially eliminated and off, you know, there'll be a, a different sort of committee that'll be created in its place. That'll be broader. Um, that seems pretty likely in my mind. And mm -hmm. I think, I don't know how exactly we'd put it in here because it might happen faster than we realized, but, um, it, it seems like we ought to at least have a placeholder or understanding what that could look like um, for us. I, I went to one of their meetings. I've listened to uh, or watched online another meeting. Um, and it felt to me from the last meeting they had that there was really no uh, question that the connected cities outcome area is the proper place for <clears throat> all things related to MMTC and um, even the Public Transit Advisory Committee. There was some back and forth around aviation. And um, so who knows where that'll land? It goes under economic uh, prosperity or if it gets interconnected city, I can see they, I mean, they just were kind of doing their first stab at putting committees kind of into the right bucket. And then there were some they didn't really feel like fit. I mean. So if you get a chance to watch those videos online, I'd encourage you to do that. Mm. Um, but but honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of debate about the idea that um, MMTC and PTAC both seem to be related enough. They all fit underneath Connected City. So then if that's the future direction that the city takes for advising around transportation, infrastructure, um, the whole you know bucket of Connected City, then that new committee is going to, you know, could have a much more expansive perspective on things they'll be advising on. So, and they might lose some of the, you know, kind of focus that we have on transportation, but that could be good. We could also introduce some concerns. So I don't know how what we could do different other than just maybe be ready to respond when the recommendations come out. Um, we've written uh, letters, you know, to the city commission before expressing our perspective on things they've faced. So um, I really, just my own first reaction to that, the PTAC, MMTC, having a lot in common has always made sense to me. Uh, transit is probably the most important way we can provide safe transportation. Uh, that gets people out of using their car all the time. So if you have good transit, good bike infrastructure, good pedestrian infrastructure, those all those all feel like they're pretty compatible. So yeah, I think what you, you bring up is really important. And uh just knowing the timeline for those changes is obviously really 
really crucial to understand as well. They're supposed to have a, I think they were given four months, but it's, you know, it's not a super black and white. It was like four months or as soon as possible or something, something like that. So they're expecting, they have a meeting scheduled, I think on April 19th to finalize their public kind of engagement plan that's coming next. And I think they're shooting for end of May or sometime in June when they'll have something back to the city commission. And their charge was to review at least a couple dozen committees with the hope of identifying 10, at the most 10 committees. So it, it's clear they're trying to consolidate committees. And there was a lot of discussion about the other ones, not much on the ones that affect us. So I, I took that as, yeah, they don't they don't think there's a problem with doing that. And our, our commission was formed essentially in a similar path. And we looked at, I think it was nine advisory committees on the bike pet issues task force and identified at least two that were related enough that they could become part of a larger transportation commission. And that was the bicycle advisory committee and the traffic safety commission. So those two were essentially disbanded. MMTC was created and people had to apply to become part of the MMTC. So I assume, you know, we've, we've seen this happen with our commission. So it'd be something similar to that for whatever the new committees are. Okay. It sounds like then that's not necessarily something that we need to add to the action items, but just something good to keep an eye on. And I guess, you know, I mean, if this is kind of our work plan, I mean, to me, it would be helpful to kind of have a placeholder yes. somewhere um, or not. I mean, we could just, everyone's been told. <laughs> so I just thought since Jessica brought it up um, and if, if, our goal tonight is to flesh out our calendar, then it seems like a relevant thing to expect in the year 2023. So. Yeah. I think unfortunately, since it's being handed down from above, I don't think there's much we can do to anticipate it, just kind of you know, react really. Well, I mean, that reaction might be us saying we support the recommendations of the, whatever their committee's called, the. Mm -hmm you know, board and commission structure committee, if if we do support it. I think that would yeah. be helpful. The city commission would probably appreciate knowing that we look favorably upon the idea if that's what they're gonna go. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll tip my hand. Like, I would think being part of a connected cities would make, uh, would improve on our, our role in the, in the city's strategic plan. It'd be broader, it'd be different, but I think it would be an improvement. So I would say we should write a letter of support, but the, their report's not published. They don't have recommendations yet. So I'm just thinking if that comes out in May or June, maybe we are ready to weigh in on that and, and write a letter of support. How about we add that to the, well, once at one point it was called measure progress of MMTC towards meeting community plans. Um, if we could maybe add an action item on that line, saying, you know, um, craft a letter of, of support or otherwise um, following the recommendation of the committee of committees. And then that could be an agenda item wherein we discuss what it is that we're going to recommend, if anything. 
Yeah, I don't know if I want to say a letter of support just yet, but just like that we're going to be attending review to Review the report. Review it. Yeah. And that from there we would make a decision. Okay. Um, I'm going to turn it over to public comment. I know Michael's been waiting patiently for quite some time. So, um, Michael, you got three-ish minutes, and I will probably jump in to cut you off if you go too long. Just fair, fair warning here. Okay, I could take three minutes on all the various things you've talked about so far. There be different sections. Um, can you hear me okay? Okay. Um, thank you very much for wanting to do an action item on bikeway design. And I, I need to clarify for everybody's understanding that Sustainability Action Network isn't absolutely opposed to white stripe bike lanes. What we're concerned with is that they currently are the default design and the default option. And part of that has to do with lack of funding. That's a whole other aspect. Um, and I pointed this out at the MPO, Jessica can tell you a couple of weeks ago. Um, the city engineer gets a certain amount of funding and there actually are other avenues he can get funding from, but you know he tries to make the best use of it by spreading it as far as he can, as, as many lane miles of bikeway, in other words, white stripes. We don't agree with that as an approach for a default design. We feel that it's more important to use that money strategically for protected bike lanes, for separated bike lanes, for bicycle tracks, um, that you might not get the same lane mileage, but you'll get a bikeway that is actually usable by the vast majority of bicyclists, particularly children. So that's, that's the basic philosophy. And this discussion about the design, whether you know, we have buffered, protected, shared use paths, tracks. That was not covered in this recent policy document. It was excluded from that policy document, actually, even though it was the very first impetus of why you, you even had that whole policy discussion, because there was a question of whether SUPs are a bikeway or if the white stripe bikeway is the only legitimate bikeway. And so the ending document didn't even talk about white stripes because that's that's the only game in town. And we don't agree with that. It needs to be much broader discussion. Um, design standards. At the MPO, I also pointed out that page 52 of the Transportation 2050 shows a typical street cross-section, typical, and it's white stripe bike lanes. And I asked if that could be changed, and it's, well, no, because the design standards trump the um, MPO's policies and plans. So when the city engineer writes the design standards, that's where you have to have your impact. Is there any recourse if he if he says, well, it's going to be 36 feet, like on page 52 of the Transportation 2050 with the white stripes, and that's the design standard? Who's to say otherwise? Where does that go? Where does that discussion go? So I'm really happy you're going to have this action, action item on that. Um, Commissioner, um, 
Beltuska mentioned earlier about what percent of the primary and secondary bikeways are completed. That's a great metric, but I think it should be a little more detailed than that. What percentage of the bikeway network are white stripe? What percent are shared use path? What percent are buffered? What percent are protected? What percent are bicycle tracks? We need to have more detail in that to have it really be meaningful. And I know, I, Jessica, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think you track that kind of stuff in your documents. So we can do it. It can be an official metric. And I think it should be. Um, one final thought regarding the uh, Lawrence Development Code. I've been watching several of those meetings and pointed out to the consultant and the committee that they're talking about density and mixed use and what they're calling 15 minute neighborhoods. It's great. It's wonderful to have that as a goal, but it's unclear. What do you mean by a 15 minute neighborhood? In the, in the common parlance out there on the internet, it's a 15 minute walkable neighborhood. And that's a big difference. That, that means that everything within 15 minutes walkable is in that neighborhood. In other words, it, uh, it's, it's diversity, it's commercial, it's uh, you know residential, it's, it's townhomes, it's multi-dwelling, multi it, but it's 15 minutes by walking. Um, and a walkable neighborhood, a lot of the people on the Lawrence Development Committee, Steering Committee, then when they think about a walkable neighborhood, they think of, well, it has sidewalks. Yeah, but no, it's not the infrastructure. It's how long it takes to walk somewhere. That's the whole point. And so I think this committee has much more grasp on that detail. And I would find it very unfortunate if you get consolidated with some other group that doesn't understand those kind of details. So anyway, enough said, I appreciate your work and I'm looking, oh, um, if you do this action item on bikeway design, it'd be good to do it in the model of what you're looking at the next agenda item where you include other groups like Sustainability Action Network, um, Live Well Lawrence, Lawrence Association of Neighborhoods, have them be officially part of that discussion too. That'd be great. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think we're at the point where we need to finish up this work plan draft. Do we need to uh, have a vote and agree on stuff or just wait until it's drafted? No, I think it'd be recommended that you not do that. You've given us guidance. I've taken notes. I've reflected some changes. We'll follow up on a few things that we've been asked to follow up with and clarify if we can before the next month agenda. And we would post this as an action item on your for, con, for final uh, review and consideration on your um, next month's agenda. Okay, sounds good. That's kind of what I figured. Any other final comment? Final comments from the commission before we go on to the next agenda item? All right, looks like a no. On to agenda item D2. Consider, consider establishing a subcommittee for the bicycle wayfinding plan. Will this technically be a committee? I think we've had this, this you know, sort of pedantic discussion a while ago. Like technically we're commissioned, so below it's, it's a committee, but I guess we can call it whatever. Okay, I don't know who's doing this one, so we can take it away. 
All right. Good evening. Thank you, Paul Hornbeck with uh, Lawrence Douglas County MPO. Um, so yeah, this this item is is pretty straightforward. It is um, being uh, motivated by the fact that we have um, funding in the capital improvement plan for wayfinding, um, planning in twenty twenty three and installation in twenty twenty four. We, when I say we, I, I speak for. MPO and City of Lawrence um, working together on this for a City of Lawrence project for, for wayfinding within Lawrence. Um, so we do intend to hire a consultant to do the do the bulk of the work. Um, the plan at the moment is to use one of our on-call consultants, but that hasn't been um, totally worked out yet, but we have three on-call um, engineering firms that we can, can work with. Um, so the, the impetus for the project is to, um, help guide bicyclists to their destinations along preferred routes and the project would include sign standards, which include information on signs, placement of signs and, and a destination hierarchy. Um, so we would like to have your recommendation, um, to, or, or action to set up a subcommittee or, or whatever you want to call it, but um, um, a, a smaller working group, as well as inviting some stakeholders that we've identified, um, and those stakeholders being Explore Lawrence, KU, Lawrence Bike Club, Bicycle Club, Live Well Douglas County, and Sustainability Action Network. Um, so I guess with that, happy to answer any questions, and we're again just looking for you to appoint um, a couple members perhaps um, to serve on this group and direction on the stakeholder participation. Thank you. Um, okay, so if I'm hearing correctly, it sounds like when earlier we were discussing, you know, we never quite worked out the idea of having a subcommittee composed of some MTC members and some non-MMTC members. It sounds like this is the answer. Um, this is basically that that structure, which is pretty cool. So um, let's see. So at this point, I guess I'll open it up to the commission for discussion. Any any thoughts so far on what's being proposed? I just have a question first. Can we get more information about the staff that will be involved? Is it just MSO staff or would there be staff from transit and parking, parks and rec, any other? groups yeah so it would it, be kind of I, I think the the planning side of it would be managed by us at the MPO um, between Jessica and myself um, working in partnership with with MSO um, I believe Dave Cronin will be the the lead um, the lead person on that side um, and then as far as inviting transit and um, other others, I think we're we're open to to hearing what what stakeholders you would want to involve, and certainly can include them if if that's a desire. Yeah, I mean it's really clear the city's done a lot of work on brand and identity, so they're going to have a role from the city manager's office perspective in some of this. Uh, engagement. Oftentimes we do that at a staff level before we would bring things to stakeholders. But is there someone you want to make sure that we particularly include? Like Paul said, we can. It seems like Parks and Rec's name is all over this thing. Um, 
I mean, if, if a lot of the wayfinding signs are going to be on trails that they have to maintain, it seems like they would have to be involved from pretty early on. They've already been in email communications with us. Cool. That's what I figured. I just didn't see the name on the list. At least I don't think I did. Yes. So I only really listed more external stakeholders. So we do have a list going okay. of more of our internal partners um, with, you know, transit, parks and rec, all of those folks as well. Okay. Sounds like you must have covered at least in my opinion. Um, any other comments from the commission? Yeah. What, Paul, what's the uh, timeline for, for this in terms of the work that would be involved? Uh, sorry, can you, re you repeat what? What's what's the timeline for, for the project and the kind of the scope in terms of what the time that people would be involved with the, on the steering committee? Sure. Yeah. So we, we would like to complete the, the planning side of things in 2023. Um, I think we're anticipating two to three um, kind of working meetings. Yeah. Okay. Are we thinking that maybe two MMTC commissioners are sufficient? It seems like that's kind of our standard approach, you know. And in this case, I don't even know if we really need uh, like a regular and an alternate. We can just probably have two and whoever can show up can show up. Does that seem like a reasonable bet to everybody? Yeah, I think having yeah. two is a good idea. Yeah. I guess I was assuming that's what we we're being asked. <laughs> yeah, I think that's sort of implied. Um, I think it says officially like a few members and two is usually what we go with. So, um, Can I ask one more question? Yeah, sure. I'm just curious. Uh, KU is on the list and I'm just curious about Haskell Indian Nations University if, if it's reasonable to consider including them on this. I don't, I don't know who, I have no idea like who would be there to represent them, but just that was one of the things that just kind of jumped at me when I first read, reviewed this before our meeting. Yeah, so I think we, we can include Haskell. Uh, we have a couple of contacts that we've worked with. Um, they were on our, our steering committee for T2050. Um, I think KU was more of a, a focus, just the number of destinations at KU in a larger geographic area, but um, certainly opened that to Haskell as well. So is there anybody on the commission who's already thinking this is something they would be interested in? I feel like this is a great fit for anybody who is brand new and looking to get more involved because you don't really have to have a lot of background <laughs> information. Don't worry, Hillary, you're not the only one. There's another guy, Ryan, who is not here tonight. Who I, I don't think we're going to be volunteering him just because, you know, who knows if he's into this particular thing or not. Um, but for anybody who gets around by bike on the rigs, this would be particularly convenient. Or for anybody like me who gets lost while getting around on, on bike. Mm -hmm. um, if I wasn't already spoken for on as both the chair of this particular commission and also our rep on the LDC update, I'm, I'm not going to throw my head in the ring for this one. Sure, I'd be happy to serve. Cool. Excellent. Picking things off with the bank, that's good. <laughs> so just 
opening the floor for anybody else who might be interested. Um, <laughs> Charlie, I have a feeling that you're you're going to be focusing most likely on things like safe routes to school and or equity stuff. So I don't, depending on how that ramps up, I'm, I mean, if you want to join, I won't say no to it, but I'm not going to pick on you because I think you're, you're going to get involved pretty soon. I'd, I'd be open. I guess it does help knowing there, if I understood, right, it's only going to be a few meetings. Is that yeah, two to three? That's yeah. correct. Yeah, probably two to three. Yeah. I'm just a little shy of getting too committed to different things right now. But well, you were on the committee to make the um the education and encouragement for the NTMP, right? So perhaps this is kind of similar, you know, signage for you know, yeah, I, I, I kind of, in my notes, I wrote school district <laughs> as another, you know, I didn't throw it out there. I immediately but thought of it and I thought, yeah, probably. Be sensitive to their, yeah, just how much they have going on. Yeah. But it would sure be nice to have wayfinding for kids trying to get to schools. Just saying. <laughs> David, I know that happen whether they're on the committee or not, but, but yeah, having their input would be good. So, Damon, I know you're you're wrapped up with the Climate Action Plan Committee. I, I don't know how how big of a time slug that is, but as you, I know you get around by bike quite often too. I know all the nooks and crannies of this town. Just a just a recommendation. <laughs> yeah, and I'd be willing also. So, yeah, um, I mean, I can think of a good reason for honestly anybody on here. So, <laughs> so I'll do it. Pat, are you interested? Yeah, Pat will do it. I'll do it. That's good. Because yeah. you're a, an a, a avid uh, cyclist as well, so that'll help. Okay. Do we I want public comment on this one? Hmm? We want to get some public comment? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Probably should. Any public comment on this particular? Michael, I don't know if you meant to raise your hand or if that's just a normal reaction. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Any other comments from people on online or in the room? We don't have anyone in the room. Okay, it doesn't look like we've got anyone online. Unless William Steele, I see you. Yeah, can, can everybody hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just had a question. Can, can somebody just give me a little bit of a history lesson about where we are with signage? Um, um, what's been done in the past and what is what are you looking to do in the future with signage? Just I wanted to start there first because I, I wasn't really clear about that. I think as a just as a note, as a rule, we typically don't directly answer questions, but this seems like a pretty reasonable one to go over. So, Paul, would you be able to go over the history of that or? I think I may have to take else? that one. I don't know if Paul's yeah. been here long enough <laughs> yeah. to know. We'll do for that. Um, a few decades ago, I think as part of bikeway planning, the community had installed a bunch of bike route signs, and those were typically done on parallel streets to all um, arterials. They were typically lower volume corridors, and then those signs remained. Um, since then, probably not a lot has been done in terms of signage. There wasn't a grant-funded effort to install signs, um, some a few directional and wayfinding signs just to make connections on the Lawrence Loop and a few mile, mileage marker signs. Um, when the community did the Bicycle Boulevard project on 21st Street, there were signs included as part of that uh, package, but those um, did not make it to the final implementation um, and because of costs 
to the project. And so that's kind of where we are with bicycle wayfinding is the need to go back and identify community desired destinations, you know, for a systematic approach to what the goal is going to be around wayfinding from in relationship to the bikeway network and destinations in town. And so this planning process would do that as the phase one of the CIP project um, with implementation funding for next year. I see, okay, that helps a lot. Now is the idea to um, both uh, sort of be retroactive in terms of like adding signing that needs to be in place now that maybe wasn't put in place years ago and should have been, or is the idea to um, to basically just offer specific uh, recommendations to the you know let's say the city engineer on what we should do with signing for any kind of future bikeways that we add to this you know on the city roads? Yeah, so if that makes sense. I'm gonna Nick go ahead and answer this one because it's similar in nature. If that's okay. Okay, um, I think the plan is to look at a system level implementation plan whether the facility exists already or a future it exists to come up with to decide what the standards would be to install when the facility is constructed so that for future but i think also then the implementation immediately would be to the existing system so which components of the existing system can be navigated to or from mm -hmm. and so paul your group's going to look at what those standards uh, would would be right with your consultant that you, that you guys are going to work with, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's all I had. All right. Any other public comment online or in the room? Sounds like no. So I guess at this point, let's get a motion to nominate. Well, do we need to actually establish it or just nominate the people to it? Both, because I think this, in this sense, this is a smaller work group for a smaller project. Um, we're just envisioning some work groups in terms of a uh, place that we can collect community feedback. Okay, sounds good. Um, anyone, anybody, want to try for a motion, or do you want to watch me flip through this? Go for it, Nick. I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> um, I would motion that the MMTC uh, establish the. That's right. All right. We established the subcommittee for bicycle wayfinding plan and nominate commissioners Carter and Colette to be the MMTC representatives. And there's a second part. Do you want to make that a separate motion or, or oh, all is there? direct staff to invite stakeholder participation? Oh, yeah. Um, and also, thank you, direct staff to invite stakeholder participation based off of the proposed entities in the agenda item. I don't think we had any changes, did we? Haskell Indian Nations University. Uh, <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna start from scratch. Is there anything else I need to keep in mind before I start this over again? I think that's probably it. Okay. I motion that MMTC establish a subcommittee to guide the bicycle wayfinding plan it, which will include inviting participation from from the proposed entities in our agenda item with the inclusion of Haskell Indian Nations University. And I propose that we nominate Commissioners Carter and Colette to be the MMTC representatives. I'll second the motion. Cool. Any discussion? All right. Um, all in favor, 
I guess raise your hands and say aye. 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 All not in favor, same thing. Okay, um, first by Kuzmiak, second by Brian. Motion passes unanimously. I almost said anonymously, which means that this is going to be late. So, so um, wrap this thing up. To democracy. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much, Paul, for staying on so late for that. <laughs> Let's go on to our next item, and we're, we're getting close, I promise. Uh, staff items. Is there anything staff would like to bring to our attention? No, we do not have any items tonight, Chair. Okay, cool. Commission items. Um, Damon, would you like to brief us on the climate action plan? I feel like you kind of did, but you can recap if you'd like. Sure. Um, so like I said, we met and staff's currently breaking down input, um, drafting strategies in May. Um, I think we're going to meet again, see bits of the draft and advise. Um, but basically their next big um, item is the July public launch with an open house and public input. Uh, so they're racing towards that in July. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like you're nearing the end of this steering committee, which is cool. All right, looks like I'm next. So on the land development code steering, sorry, land development code update steering committee update. Um, we had our most recent meeting on uh, last Thursday, quite uh, recently. At this time, we were supposed to have received the first draft of part one of the updated zoning code, which is the uses and zones. Um, I think they're still working on it. So instead, what's going to happen is that they will be sending something to staff, I think probably this week, honestly, and planning and development staff is going to go over that, make changes, recommendations, whatever send that back to the consultant and then the consultant will have it for public consumption sometime in late April, I think. So be on the lookout for what is sure to be an exciting bedtime read. Frankly, I'm actually pretty interested in looking into it. But um, the other thing is that the meeting instead was to go over the consultant's plan for what they're calling a meeting in a box. Uh, Clarion indicated that they've never really done this before. So we're kind of the pilot, which is exciting. So what they have proposed is kind of a workshop that uh, various groups or just individuals can just I guess, access from this project's website. And um, the community meeting in a box is essentially to try to get around that sticky question of character. Um, if any of you have been to a planning commission meeting or a planning item that's been elevated to city commission, you've probably heard somebody invoke the term character when they either are for or against something, often against. And this is the consultant's clever, I feel like, way of trying to define what that means, you know? So first, ask people what they like about the neighborhoods, what they don't like, what they wish would change, what, to, what they hope will never change. And then eventually kind of tie that into, okay, so you just defined character. Now, you know, what are some things that you think you would be willing to kind of compromise on if we did have to implement all these things that we agreed to do in plan 2040, which is kind of fascinating. So I'll see how, how it goes. Um, and um, I guess be on the lookout for the, the, I guess, fully drafted meeting in a box in the next, uh, week or so. So that's that. Um, Mr. Thornburg, we don't typically accept comments on staff and commission items, but if you can keep it to maybe two minutes and we'll just go real quick. What? Well, I do not believe that the parking code should be precluding things like long-term bike parking at the Santa Fe Depot now. I presume that there will be an opportunity to uh, improve the bike parking code further. 
Jessica, have you got a screen you can share for me? Okay. There are cities that are specific about what kinds of bike racks and what kinds of corrals and, and how they're mounted and so forth. Um, maybe Austin is one. What you're looking at there is a kind of rack that you don't see in Lawrence. There are bikes as far as you can see and not one of them is uh, falling down and they're probably all locked. Um, I, I wish I had another um, picture, but at the last retreat, the physical retreat um, at the Carnegie building, Dave um, sat down with me at the first break and asked if I wanted to stand and speak. And, and I, I passed, but I flipped over my iPad and showed him a picture like this. And I said, what are we looking at? And his answer to a what question was a where answer. He said, I don't know of any place in Lawrence that looks like this. So there you have it. We don't have, that's efficient and um, concentrated bike parking and there's none of it in Lawrence. Now, apparently you all feel uh, entirely excused from dealing with bike parking and I'm sorry about that, but I did want to make the comment and I thank you for letting me make it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So um, in, in case you missed it a couple of years ago, we actually did look at Article 9 parking, loading and access standards, which was under revision at the time and even formed a subcommittee on that. And there, there was quite a bit in terms of bark bike parking at schools, long-term spaces, changes that developers had to now do in terms of covered parking, stuff like that. Um, and I believe the, the majority of what we recommended was adopted by the city commission. Now, whether that's retroactive in buildings that already exist, that is that is going to be part of the planning code update, but that's part three, which is processes and adoption. So that's going to be late this year. And it's one of those things that I know we would love to get into it, but it really is not our domain, just like parking off streets. That's really not our domain. We've tried to get into it and and have been stymied at every corner. So there's only so much we can do other than be involved in this code update right now. Yes. What what I'm if you take away nothing else, um, Dave's answer kind of tells the tale. There are cities that uh, require very particular bike parking, and it's a long way from the art racks that are going to be installed at the hub. I, I, I've seen there that there were scores of bikes and not one of them falling down. And um, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Okay, are there any other commission items updates? Nick, this is Charlie. <clears throat> I just wanted to ask about Commissioner uh, Reza. Reza. Yes, he um, had to have an excused absence this evening due to a family emergency. So, okay. um, yep, but it has been I'm not entirely sure if he's fully committed at this point. I know he wants to be on, and I and I I know he's got passion, so I'm hoping that he'll be able to join us next time. Is he? Um, I understand tonight, but is he familiar with like we can accommodate him if a hybrid format is makes yeah. it easier for him to attend? There was an attempt in the past, and his internet wasn't working at the time. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. But I think at this point, his plan is to watch. The meetings on uh you know four times speed later does the city ever do anything to help uh committee members that need internet access like i'm, I'm not aware of that okay i think it was just that 
that his internet was out that night. Just a bad combination of events. So. Got it. Uh, All right. Thank you. Uh, um, any other commission items? And if not, we'll go to the, to the calendar. So we've already looked at the calendar quite a bit. I think what we're seeing is that in is it May, we have a ton. So we're going to need to decide on a study session pretty soon. And I think we have quite a few good choices that we've now gone over in our 2023 work plan. So um, I guess what I would suggest is that if anybody feels very strongly about a particular study session that they want to go over that could be done within the next month, then, you know, uh, send a, I guess, a recommendation email to myself and Dave. And um, when we do our agenda planning meeting in a couple of weeks, then we'll, you know, take those votes into account, essentially, because I, I think we're kind of spoiled for choice all of a sudden. Nick, what is the COMA review? What does COMA stand for? Uh, that's something that we have to do every year. I don't know if we've done that this year yet, but it's the Kansas Open Meetings Act, and it's a riveting presentation that has to be given to all all public committees, commissions, boards, whatever. Just uh, um, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. If you ever get an email that includes everybody on it, don't uh, reply all. And that's like 99% of what you need to know <laughs> of that. <laughs> I know that's kind of glossing over a lot, you know, from a legal perspective, but it's, honestly, that's all that really ever applies to us. Don't reply all. <laughs> that's it. Okay. So anyway. I, mean, I, I just add the other pretty critical thing is our our deliberations need to happen in public. So yes, we can't have like we talk about a committee. It has to be it, by design small. Um, so typically we don't have more than three people on a committee. Our, our quorum is five. So if you have three, then the chair can attend a meeting, even if they're not on the committee. And that still kind of protects us. But the general rule that all the sausage making to get to somewhere where it gets public, even that sausage making is ideally public. Um, there's been some discussion on the on that committee, the studying committees about this issue. And so I think we might even get more guidance on what the city expects all of us to do. But generally, we can't talk about our business with each other outside of here if if we're um, if there's too many of us. Like, so yeah, I don't know if you have any other quick. I thought that was a good insights. <laughs> Usually, it's in our retreat. We kind of cover like the training. By one of the attorneys. All right. So hopefully everybody got the is um taking down notes and will hopefully send us an email on what they would like to see at a study session. And if not, we'll just choose one at the next agenda agenda planning meeting. With that, I think we're at uh the end. So no need to vote to adjourn. Thank you all for your time. I know it was kind of a long one, but um and Hillary, right. welcome. Yeah. Anything else before we go? Hmm. I'll see you in person next time. So, hmm. have a good evening, everybody. Thanks, Nick. Thanks.